Support for this episode is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision engineering tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code TCC at manscaped.com. Imagine shaving with a sleek, well-designed, and optimized trimmer that makes shaving time your favorite time in the bathroom. I'm one of the first people to try the new 4.0, and I'm blown away by the performance. The craftsmanship and details on the 4.0 are next level. Now listen, guys. I'll be honest with you. I've gone down there with razors, with other trimmers, And I've left it a bloody mess before. It's not the route that you want to go. This trimmer is the route that you want to go. If you go down there with other products, it's itchy, it hurts. But Manscaped engineered the ultimate groin and body trimmer by focusing on intelligent functionality and an incredibly comfortable grooming experience. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. I now feel confident shaving my boys. This upgraded trimmer includes a multi-function on off switch that can engage a travel lock. It also gives you the ability to turn on the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. The Lawnmower 4.0 even allows you to customize your trim through additional guard lengths with sizes 1 through 4. Did I mention wireless charging? The new wireless charging system uses electromagnetic induction, which can help your battery length last longer. Men, if you've been shaving with the same nut trimmer on your face, you've definitely been doing it wrong. No person wants to end up with pubes in their mouth. It's time to get your own ball hair and body trimmer with Manscaped to make me time the best time and enhance your confidence with some nice smooth boys. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code TCC at manscaped.com. Your balls will. Thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code TCC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code TCC. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Today's episode, the guys welcome on Gavin, Kai's older brother, and we talk about a range of topics from spit and tongues to the United States Marine Corps. Let's get it. Derner, derner, <laughs> back to episode 98 98 of the tcc show that's crazy we got two more episodes one more episode until our big event how you guys feeling about that oh sorry i'm Noah. (laughs) (laughs) who are you i'm jb and who are you i'm kai cool thank you for pointing so the audience could see that's right yes very important they can see those believe it or not (laughs) okay (laughs) i'm feeling great about about the event coming up is super exciting. We put a lot of work into it. This has honestly been our brainchild for what feels like at least three months. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we're going to watch our brainchild become a brain man, brain adult. Hopefully it goes well. <laughs> <laughs> There's yeah. so much. I was going to tell you earlier, um, we have the disco ball, but we have to figure out how to get it on the ceiling. And so that's a task for the day of or not the day you know the day of the stream how so, how large fishing is, line is the disc it's pretty small ball. um 
but it'll be flipped on. It'll be on its own circuit. So oh, you it's flip the electric. It on and off. Yeah. Oh. So then you can flip it on and off huh. when each guest comes on. <laughs> oh, that's cool. You know, everybody claps. <laughs> Is there going to be a remote for it or? No, just a breaker. Oh. Not like a breaker. <laughs> no, we'll just have a guy like... for it. I'll be the disco guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll Trevin, that's his job. Yep, that's his job. <laughs> <laughs> that's his only job. No matter how shit faced he gets. Yeah, that's, that's a perfect job for him, dude. On. <laughs> yeah. Off. <laughs> Man, knowing him, we're gonna have to dictate it too. <laughs> Who is Trevin? <laughs> so this is Gavin. Hi world, who's Trevin? I was getting there. <laughs> Just some random guy. Who is that? Today, by the title and by Gavin's voice that some of you may recognize, hopefully most of our audience recognizes his voice. What, um, from that one call i had him on the podcast in the episode we deleted i wasn't even one. in that i remember listening i'll let you keep going before yeah I hop in. no that was that was i forget about that it's yeah. on the monthly so i only found the first half of that oh, really? we lost the second half of that episode well we didn't like it right that too but it did get uploaded to the so, uh, subscriber club That's anyways cool. gavin kai's older brother has joined us today this yeah. is this has it's been at the top of the list, believe it or not. Yeah. Oh, look at that, yeah. Of guests, um, and at one point there was a lot more categories of topics that we could talk about, and they're all in their little sheets that I printed out. So itinerary, if you will. Yes, this episode has been long in the works, and we've been waiting for the right time. And now that you're out of the military, we can really talk about whatever we want. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Yeah. So it's going to be a good episode, and. For those of you that aren't a part of our monthly subscriber club that is on Spotify, we're doing an exclusive interview with you. We had some uh, rated R questions <laughs> that we're going to be asking you oh, man. along with the, ourselves. Um, We've all got those crazy stalker fans. Dude, our fans your are crazy rough. stalker fans. I have stalker fans? That came too. to us. Yes. Do I get to know their names? Please. Mm. No. Dang <laughs> it. Not unless the police come to our door. Oh, man. But, I, hey, I was an MP for a while. I don't know what that means. But my I'm credentials are still valid till the end of the year. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, we we have some pretty crazy fans, but from the sounds of it, you have some pretty crazy fans too. No way. So you're you're pretty well versed in the digital space. You let's start out with this. We're going straight to Twitch and YouTube. We'll go straight to Twitch and YouTube. <laughs> All right, straight to Twitch and YouTube. All right. But Noah, that's not the itinerary. Well, you don't have to follow this. I forgot to brief you guys on that. You don't have to follow it. <laughs> it's a living itinerary. It's yeah, breathing, it's flowing. As long as we hit everything. We'll uh, be yeah. Okay. yeah. So you are well versed in the media <clears throat> space and your fans are listening right now. We no, call, you're, you're we lying. call them fans because they're your fans. Like, how? <laughs> they're, they're listening. They're listening to this episode right now. All right. They went, oh my gosh, Gavin, he's going to be on the TCC show. There's no way, listen. dude. Do you, do you remember that when I hopped on like that one Fall Guys stream you did? Yeah. Really fun, by the way. And Kiara was in the chat. <laughs> yeah. That yeah, the girl from the Netherlands. She was like 15-year-old girl from yeah. the Netherlands who would wake up her equivalent of 8 a.m. to watch you every day hi, well Gavin. that's not what she did i have here hi gavin me. i woke up at 8 a.m. every day to see your stream of fall guys really no <laughs> <laughs> yeah that wouldn't surprise me but it also kind of would yeah so wait ask ask a question first then i can get rolling uh okay well tell us about twitch why is everybody on twitch yeah so well, i think we need to preface a little first, bit let's i even want to back up that i'm so sorry you started on YouTube, and your YouTube channel is pretty <laughs> popping for not being very active. Talk about that. Is it? 
I mean, 3,000 views on a video is pretty good. You mean my wife and I's? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought so, we were talking so, about conjoins. There's okay, yeah. So there's a couple different things going on here. Should I like give like a timeline chronological yeah, of my? Okay. So if we zip all the way back to like middle school, high school, whatever, right? <laughs> yes. Um, I'm so glad. This obviously, is so it's a great starting point. No. <laughs> wait, we can go to grade school with a uh, trampoline. Yeah, we could, man. Yeah. Oh, so the fir- oh no, wait, no, I don't want that going. I don't want people. I to know, know about you that. don't. I really don't. There's some weird things that happen. Oh, in that okay, area. you have to so tell it now. No, the trampoline. <laughs> the trampoline of death. Okay, look, I can't. I, this was gonna happen one way or another. It's been ten minutes. Okay, oh, listen, man. listen, listen. It was fifth. It was sixth grade. All right. I had this friend. Um, his name was Jack. Was his name right? He, um. His parents were cool. His brother was cool, whatever. Um, we, we were really, really good friends, best friends at the time. And he had the, an iPod Nano, right, which had a right. camera on it, which the was like su- at the time, like the only the only thing above that was an iPod Touch. And you right. only had that if you were rich, right? right. <laughs> so, you know, he had an iPod Nano, but it still had a camera on it. And it had its own editing software, which thinking back, that's crazy. I don't even know how that works on an iPod Nano, right? Yeah. But yeah, so, so he like out of nowhere one day he's like oh my gosh like let's film like a stupid video and i was like i like let's do it and so we had a trampoline in our backyard at the time it was like our favorite thing in the world like so many good memories in the trampoline kai can you concur to that the i remember when dad was still in his heavier kind of kind of days <laughs> yeah our dad was chonky one day yeah, yeah. yeah. the the chonky. last day the last day we did trampoline as a family i think was the day he went a little too close to the edge and the springs he snapped. broke the springs <laughs> right? oh my that was gosh. him i th- i can only i mean it had to be him right? i don't know <laughs> well it was also a free trampoline that he just picked up is that true? Yeah, he like found he dad. found it on Craigslist or huh. something. It was like I'm getting rid of this. Come take it. And he that dro- makes sense. He borrowed someone's truck and went and got it immediately. Hmm. But yeah, anyway, so so we had a trampoline and we were in sixth grade and we had no idea how to plan a video, no idea how to write a script, and so we were just like like screw it, we're gonna do it live, right? And so we're like, let's say there's this kid jumping on this trampoline and he gets hurt and he goes on an adventure trying to figure out how to not get hurt. And we wrote this script as we went, right? So right. that that day in class, we were making like, this part isn't very important, but at, at Cedar <laughs> Tree, we were making like like um, little models of the tabernacle, right? Uh-huh. So like we would read the Bible and get measurements about it and we would we would build stuff like what we thought the tabernacle looked like, like the, the altar and stuff. Anyway, he had some fake blood because there was lambs on his altar that were getting sacrificed, which got him like an A plus or something. And I was like, all right, (laughs) anyway, he had some fake blood. So we come home, we get that idea. I start jumping on the trampoline, like a little retard. Can I say that word? I'm sorry. My wife gets mad at me when I say that. that (laughs) Okay. Are you sure we can say that? You can say that word. Okay. Wait, I'll just, I'll just, I start jumping around like an idiot. Right. And then I just, I'm like, I'm going to jump on the trampoline with my eyes closed. And I turn around and I just do a gainer off the trampoline, like onto the hill. And I scream, I'm like, oh my gosh. And then, you know, you can hear Jack like, oh, Gavin, are you okay? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. And we like put the little bucket of blood down there. And I'm like, oh, my leg hurts. And we had like a little syringe. And so like I shoot it up and everything. (laughs) Long story short, it's this really long, stupid, embarrassing video where I try to go to the hospital. I ride my powder puff little chinese crested dog dog. i hop on her back pretend like her back broke pretend like she was dying we covered her in fake blood 
Wow. And at the very end, I pray to Jesus, and he does a stupid effect on his iPod Nano where, like, everything around me is warped. Yeah. And he plays, like, Zelda, like, you just got an item music, and then all of a sudden everything's better, you know, something stupid. Wow. But that was yeah. that was the beginning of my internet career for sure, <laughs> as, as stupid as that and is. And you showed this video to all of his ex-girlfriends. No, no. Most I sh- of. I should have spoken more specifically. Okay. Um, Every now and then his his channel would come up but it would come up in the second youtube channel you had which was your gaming channel as conquest gamer and and then i and then i would use that opportunity but like oh well this first video was this yeah and if it was a party it'd make for good content oh and, my gosh and you were less embarrassed about it back then <laughs> yeah it's only more embarrassing now just because it's cringe but yeah so so like he, he <laughs> mentioned my 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 second ever youtube channel my first real channel in my eyes was the because the other one wasn't on my channel right, it was on my true. friends right right but so this was the first one that i had it was conquest gamer or as i said in every video c0 nqu3 sd g4 m0r because i replaced all the vowels wow. with numbers because that was cool i guess yeah it wasn't but i thought it was right and so that was that was most that was like anything else i've done it was just a passion project you know like i would uh i remember i paid like my, like thirty bucks for the for one of the first ever softwares that could record gaming at the time. It was called Fraps. Fraps. Yeah. F R A P S. Oh, Fraps. Yeah. And so yeah. you'd buy it. It would automatically detect a game. You'd hit like in like one of like F six or whatever you you hotkeyed it to. It'd start recording to whatever folder you told it to, and it would pick up a mic if you wanted it to. And that was pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. Bandicam hadn't come out yet. It was wild, man, because that those were the days when like PewDiePie and Markiplier and Jacksepticeye were not big, and right. the only big YouTuber at the time was like Shane Dawson. You know, yeah. like those were the well, YouTube was the wild west back then, and it was it was so cool. And then once you figured out that you could do it on your own, it was crazy. Like, right. I don't even know what I don't even know what my computer had in it at the time, but it's it's wild to to even think that like a computer with like a dual core CPU was able to even handle yeah. one game, let alone me running a capture at the same right. time. You know, this was machinima days too. Where yeah. That was, you. that That's was early true. machinima too. Yeah, yeah. Like red versus blue stuff, man. Right. So like it was, it was, it was fun. I did a lot of stuff. Like I tried to play, I basically just copied PewDiePie, you know, like I played the crappy little RPG games that he played. Like, uh, uh, the Crooked Man. That was a um, Sandman. Was that Sandman, yeah, yeah, which was a which I didn't know was a sequel to The Crooked Man, and then they oh, had really? a character in the Sandman from The Crooked Man, and I basically <laughs> pooped my pants. I was like, "What?" I remember that. I remember this scene, dude, because I, you know, and I would edit them myself too. But yeah, so so that happened, and I would, and and it got to the point where I was like, "This is not working," just because my name is too complicated. Like, no one's gonna right. type C zero N Q whatever. So I changed it to Jedi Monkey Stud because before then, when I was in sixth grade, my dad got me like for uh, when I turned thirteen, he got me an iPod Touch. Um, when you know a, a couple years later, you you didn't have to be rich to get an iPod, so he he got me an iPod Touch. It was probably used, doesn't really matter. Um, and he made me emails and stuff for like Facebook and Instagram or whatever. He made me my first email address, which was Jedi Monkey Stud at Gmail dot com. And the reason he did that was because like. I was I've always been a huge Star Wars fan. Monkey was just a common term that got thrown around in our house those yeah. days for some weird reason. It was the Wi-Fi, I guess. Yeah, Monkey cuz cuz there was some weird like like bit about him liking monkeys, I guess. which never I've never really understood. Probably one of the FedEx prank days. Maybe. We need to ask him about that. Yeah. But I, I remember in his office at at uh, the church back like in his the first church he pastored at, he had like a little stuffed monkey. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, so 
um, Jedi Monkey Stud, and that's what I named my YouTube channel, and that's pretty much my username for everything now. You'll never guess my password, so don't try. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty much a username for everything now. And so then, you know, I, I I did that for a while. I played like Dead Space. I played some more cinematic stuff. I had a really great time. I was just I was really into the content creation. Um, what was that one like, Dear Father or something? Dear Father. I don't know. It was the love interest one. No, it was called Mad Father. Mad yeah. Father, so that was so another close. RPG maker. That was a really creepy one. You played this little girl named Misao, um, and and this dad was this mad scientist who did uh, taxidermy on <laughs> on on women and stuff. It was creepy, but it was super cool. I was too young to pick up on that, but yeah. I just remember the really funny editing where you're. It wasn't funny, but it seemed like it at the time, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So like, yeah. do you want to tell it or I, or do you want me to? Uh, you go ahead. Yeah. So like, there's there's this loving like, you're this little girl who's figuring out that your dad is this mad scientist and your mom is like dead and your your giant house is haunted and your dad's Jeez. creepy and you're trying to get out, right? <laughs> and there's this there's game. this like zombie teen that comes out of nowhere and he's like supposed to be like the slim like like muscular but also a toothpick kind of like shaggy justin bieber because at the time that was that was hot i guess you know so he was the love interest or whatever at the time um and there's a scene where he's talking to in like this this church or whatever like this cathedral and in the middle of his sentence like these knives get thrown down like the the center aisle or whatever and just pierce him in the chest and i flipped out dude i was like no love interest and then in editing and i was like how can i communicate this like how can i like yeah. what can i do here so like i just i found like a stupid piece of fan art which now today i could probably get in trouble for <laughs> because someone drew that and put it on google images right, yeah. you know anyway so I found this stupid piece of fan art of that scene, and I started playing that. I don't even remember the name of the song. I don't remember. Yeah. The, I don't remember the band. It was. It was the. How could this happen to me? I made my mistakes. Yeah, that song or whatever. It's great. And I put that on there, and I put like text on there. I'm like, I am so pissed. They killed love interest. I'm actually so you know. Yeah. Yeah, but that was so. I like. I had some good moments. I was never outstanding, but I was also like 13 years old. You right. know. But yeah, so that happened, and then I just stopped for a while because real life happens, you know, right. like girlfriends, whatever, and then like going through high school, and then I finished high school and joined the Marine Corps, and I got married, and I was deployed, and that never picked up again until this last deployment, actually. So I think, let's see, I left in June to, um, to Japan. Yeah, so I, I deployed. We, we can get to more specific military stuff at some point, obviously, but I, I, I went to Japan twice on a udp it's a unit deployment program basically nothing exciting was happening since 2014 when we chilled in afghanistan of course until last week but um nothing was happening so my unit their assignment was to basically have someone in okinawa japan all the time so one company was there and the other companies were preparing to go there pretty much all 24 7 so um, I was there and I had like nothing to do and it was in the middle of COVID too. So like my first deployment to Japan was pretty tight. Like we had a yeah. lot of stuff to do. Like I got to go see a bunch of stuff, but then the Island we were on Okinawa, it's just all these old Japanese people, man, like people who were alive <laughs> during world war two and remember the stuff that happened. Like if you know your history at all man. and like anything about world war two and you, you know, you hear Okinawa, like, you know, that was like one of the bloodiest battles the world has ever seen to this day, you know? Like Okinawa right. was gnarly, and there's there's people alive on that island who are four feet tall, but all they eat is salmon and rice and water and sake, which is fine, and like they're healthy and they live forever and they remember like 
they were kids running through the forest yeah. with their parents like while u.s soldiers and japanese people were going at it right so all those people are super old and super susceptible to covid um so everything like everything was shut down and it was a bummer because like it, it, it just sucked because you're away from your family you're 17 hours ahead from your family right and you just can't you, like talking to people's hard doing anything's hard like the gyms were closed like it was awful yeah. everything was closed so everyone was just drinking and getting fat you yeah. know and it's just super bad for your mental health right so then like I was like, you know what? I've always wanted to do this. Like, screw it. I'm going to start streaming. Like, I already had a couple Twitches and, like, stuff. But I was like, I'm just going to send it. Because I found out that the little gaming laptop I brought, it was like a 1000 bucks, But the uh, the GPU that was in it was one of the GPUs that had the um, the the, the in, in NVIDIA encoding chip on it, which was meant to offload a lot of um, – it was meant to offload a lot of processing – issues with streaming and gaming off the same card so i was like if i play like not very graphically heavy games i can still stream or whatever right. so i started streaming star wars i didn't start with star wars okay. yeah i, I <laughs> those are the ones that i watched uh yeah i did that a couple times yeah that game came out it was actually pretty sweet just because that was that was a game i played when i was younger the, the squadrons or battlefront squadrons they, they they redid squadrons dude i just i never got into that we we did when we were younger on that GameCube. I never got. I loved the the dodgeball game we had on the GameCube. The Monsters Inc. One. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was really good. Yeah, were like nine levels. Yeah, it was dumb. Yeah, but no. So so I started streaming, and like that's the thing too. Like I couldn't play anything I wanted to because like I had started playing Escape from Tarkov, which was like this mm. really gritty, really rough, like brutal game. Yeah. But it was so graphically heavy, and I couldn't I couldn't stream and run at the same time. Like you know, and play it at the same time. Anyway, so I started streaming and that became kind of an outlet and streaming is really cool. An outlet for what? An outlet just to do so. So, so it was, it was, it was kind of cathartic because like I, I connected with an older part of myself that I hadn't really interacted with for a long time. Cause at that point I was reaching three years in the military, right? Which if you only do one contract, that's basically the end. So I, there was a part of me that, that was really excited by creating content and, and being able to interact with fans while you're creating content. And then you interacting with fans can become the content. That's one of the things that really separates Twitch from YouTube and YouTube obviously has their streaming thing now, but in my opinion, they're never gonna like, it works and it's great. And a lot of people use it and it's basically as successful as Twitch, but it's never going to be as mainstream as Twitch in my opinion. Yeah. You know, like I want to give YouTube their credit that like their their thing is is fine and it works totally fine. But also like you're not gonna dethrone Twitch. It's just well, not gonna yeah. happen. Twitch. What currently I see is Twitch has over YouTube is all of the the bot interaction. Mm-hmm. That sounds wrong. Like like streamers can have all these like night bots. Yeah, night yeah. bots and whatnot to to help do whatever they want. Really, like I'm, to have... night bot works at YouTube. I'm pretty sure. Oh. <clears throat> Never, never, never mind. Well, I'm um, so <laughs> moderating in general. Yeah, I, th- I mean, yeah, I, I, I've never streamed on YouTube, so I can't speak to it. Right. But uh, we're I just streaming on Facebook. Just so you know, episode 100. Nice, good plug. <laughs> yeah, nice plug, nice plug. <laughs> but yeah, so it was just really cool to to and and the cool thing too, like not to not to toot my own horn too hard or anything, but like I I was moderately successful considering my um my my setting my my surroundings like the situation i was in like i did not have a great setup at all like pretty much it was as bad as it could get 
but in in like three weeks or something i became a twitch affiliate which is usually a place that most people don't even get to and so for those yeah. who don't know like a twi- tw- to become a twitch affiliate you have to have an average of i think three viewers per stream which sounds really low but it's actually not because if you're streaming like if you're like whatever i'm just gonna stream and grind even if no one's watching then your average time is really low because then you have zero right and most people right. when they start streaming have a really low average time so to get that average like up to up to three um it, it, it for it, over the course of a month is crazy hard right and then you also need a certain amount of followers and, and a bunch of other stuff right so i be- i became a twitch affiliate like real fast which i did not i i wasn't trying to be successful streaming i was mm-hmm. just trying to have a good time maybe chat with a few people while i was gaming you know because i was right. already playing video games way too much i just thought like hey i'm like i'm playing video games because i'm lonely and i'm still lonely so maybe i can i can chat with people while i'm gaming and maybe that would make it feel a little less lonely right and so like that's when i met uh kiara um from the netherlands and that's when i met hannah from australia that's when i met trick flame from chicago that's when i met sam from california and for legal reasons we're going to assume that none of these are their real names uh yeah no, the, those, so yeah, everything I'm everything I'm saying Usernames. is just usernames, right? <laughs> right. I, I don't actually know what any of their real names are. I, I truthfully don't. That just right. saves me editing. That's fine. That's fine. So, <laughs> so, so they like that was a cool thing was to be able to chat with all these people, right? Like, and people like, and that's the thing. If someone's watching your stream, like they're literally sitting there watching. Like people get discouraged when they're streaming because um they're like dude like only two people are watching me it's like dude two people are literally sitting there watching you play freaking minecraft bro like i know it's like i know you look at ninja and he's got like a hundred and fifty thousand people watching him just like get dubs on fortnite or whatever but two people are sitting there watching you do whatever you those are fans bro right like whatever like however you want to slice it those are fans you know right and and it was it was just I even I even got as far as getting like custom emotes and stuff for people who would like subscribe to me and whatnot. Right. And so like I I have some money in my Twitch wallet. I just haven't made enough for my first payout. You know, which I don't even really care about it. But like it was it was just it was really cool to walk through that. And it's one thousand percent something that I need to hop into in the next couple of years because like, be, especially with transitioning out of the military and stuff. Like it's just something that I still remember and like I'm super excited about and really can't wait to hop back into yeah definitely so that that's my that's that's my uh that covers twitch and youtube my fame i guess yeah your fame (laughs) well not entirely because you have a a channel with your wife that is so true yeah so i've always kind of okay let me just so we my wife and i have a youtube channel called gavin michaela um it's it's it, it's it's kind of a small part of YouTube, but there's a section of YouTube which is these young Christian couples vlogging. Not yeah. all of them are Christian, right? You know, but um, some of them are doing that van life or yeah, or anything, right? Yeah. Like there's Jess and Gabe, right? Je- uh, Gabe Gabe Conti was a pretty popular Viner, and Jess Conti was. some chick from Australia he met, and <laughs> I, I I don't know anything about her, but. Um, anyway, and then there's, there's, uh, shoot, I forget. I there's forget. a bunch of them. Yeah. Anyway, there's, there's a bunch of young couple YouTubers and there's a huge section of YouTube, moderately huge. That's these people watching other young people just kind of 
live. Right. And it's cool, you know? And then as they get more popular, their lifestyle changes and people like to see that change. Like they like to see them normal, like, oh, hey, we just woke up. Like he's going to go work his nine to five, 15 an hour job. And I'm going to the grocery store. This is our house and our tiny little dog. And then as they get popular, it's like, hey, we moved. We bought this giant house. We started a clothing company. Now we're doing marketing. And here's here's our new, here's our new lavish lifestyle. Right. (laughs) And like, that that's something for people too is to watch the change happen you know yeah um and so like again Michaela and i never wanted to make it like it obviously it'd be cool if we did we never were like we need to make it big in this like couple youtubing thing right right so we started we started this thing pretty much right after we got married um and it was fun it was really fun i had i had a couple like um issues with it because it felt a little too rehearsed to me. And like, I know that I know that the actual YouTubers who do that rehearse things and they make it a certain way. Yeah. But I just didn't think it was worth rehearsing. I would much rather be genuine, you know, but I still had a great time doing it. Michaela had a great time doing it and it was good practice for her to, uh, do editing because Mm. she's now a videographer for weddings and she edits literally 24 seven. She's probably editing right now. Right. And she's always getting more stuff to edit. So that was a cool excuse too, because she didn't have a lot of clientele at the time. And then we did our last vlog, like right before we deployed, uh, I deployed a little over a year ago and we haven't done one since, which is a bummer because we actually had a decent amount of people who really enjoyed it. Yeah. definitely. Yeah. So that's Gavin Michaela. I like again. And and if you're a fan of Gavin Michaela and that's why you're here right now, (laughs) we do plan on hopping back on that at some point, just like I plan on hopping back into streaming and yeah. gaming and stuff. It's just life is insane right now. You know, so then tell okay, us about Corey it. Kenshin. Huh? I said, okay, Corey Kenshin. Dude, don't even talk to me about Corey, bro. I'm still crying. <laughs> me too. Yeah. Yub, you know, Yub, right? No. I don't. Well, so Yub is like a contemporary of Corey. Okay. And uh, he did a YouTube video recently where he collabed with someone, and it's and in his thumbnail it's this black dude with an afro, and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's Corey! No. And like all the comments are like, oh my gosh, I thought it was Corey, like just <laughs> crying, bro. That's like, a shame. Yeah. Anyway, but if you don't know who Corey Kenshin is, you missed out on that. I'm sorry. <laughs> you mentioned mental health as being while being uh, deployed. Tell us a little bit mm-hmm. more about that and how you dealt with it, what you went through, um, kind of stuff like that. Yeah, I think the mental health conversation uh, goes a lot farther than just deployment, right? Right. And there's also a lot that I'm not. Um, it's it, it's tricky in the military and veteran community, right? So I have never been combat deployed. So what that means is that I don't have the understanding that a lot of vets that most people think of when you hear a veteran with issues right right you think of a dude who's been deployed for 36 months in iraq and afghanistan um like saw his best friend get shot or exactly and who's been blown up a bunch of times and is missing limbs and you know x y and z like that's the thing you think of so i don't have that perspective um I, i know people who have been there and I know what they go through and it's not all that different. It just, it, it adds the, inten- it adds the intensity, you know? Um, so the mental health conversation within the military and veteran community is not one that's like really simple to tackle. So I'll talk from my perspective and my experience. And if you're listening, you're a vet and you've been blown up and you saw stuff like I get it, man. I went to Japan twice and 
that's that. Like I beat myself up for that all the time, but just know that I'm not trying to speak out of my league or anything. But yeah, so um, going to like being deployed, right? So the first time um, I was a junior Marine, right? So a junior Marine, you haven't been around the block that much. You don't really have much responsibility under your belt. Like you're responsible for yourself and that's pretty much it. Maybe your, your friend next to you, right? But that's pretty much all you got going on. You just take orders and do your job, right? So as a junior Marine, it really, it, it wasn't that bad, you know, one, because we weren't, we weren't really combat deployed, so I didn't have that much to worry about. The only thing I had to worry out worry about was this leader that I really did not like. He'll go unnamed, and I severely doubt he's going to listen to this. If he is, like, still love you, man. I know that you just did what you were you thought was best, like it is what it is, but I had a lot of issues with this guy. I had a lot of issues with this guy. He, From my perspective, he was real selfish. Um, he did not care for the people that he was in charge of like, and he made that very vocal too. Like he was like, he was, and by the, before I jump into that, if I swear, um, a lot of it's contextual swearing is just part of the dictionary in the military. And I'm not saying that to justify it, but if I swear it's, it's because it's sometimes, especially when talking about the military, it's hard for me not to. So you can that, swear on this show. I know We've done it a million. I'm just, times. I'm just saying that I, I, I personally try not to because of the cultures that I like yeah. in the military culture. It's, it's a different beast. And I, I like, I'm not a huge fan of swearing, but that doesn't mean I don't do it. I try not to, but anyway, I just, I'm, I'm just trying to preface that I don't swear a lot, but also some of it's contextual and it, 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 it applies in some situations for me. So right. if I offend you, I really do apologize. But going back to what I was saying, like he said all the time, like if you hate me, like after I get out, I don't give a fuck. Like, I don't, I don't care. Like if, if you don't like me, I don't, I don't give a fuck. You can just, you can screw it off and still do what I tell you to do. You know? And I was just like, wow, this guy does not care about us, bro. Like, yeah, he's really just trying to get us to do what his bosses are telling him to do so that he can like not take the heat, you know? And so there were a couple of good and bad sides to that. Like one of the good things was that I was like, Hey, like, I'm just like, whoever is in charge of me, like anything that a person with authority does over me, I'm going to, I'm going to observe that experience. If I think that was sick, I'm going to put that in my tool belt, my toolbox. And I'm going to take that later for when I'm in charge of people. If I think that wasn't sick, I'm going to put that in the back of my head. I'm not going to talk about that guy, but I'm going to put that in the back of my head and I'm going to remember that and make sure I don't do that thing to my future junior Marines. Right. So I dealt like this guy was in charge of me for a long time. We got kind of close at one point. Then we kind of fell apart after some dramatic stuff happened on deployment. It's really not important to get into, but so like that wasn't, I had some mental health issues, like mild ones in those days, but then, you know, get back from deployment, um, go come home, get married, you know, go back. And then all of a sudden I've got all these little dudes, you know, like little me's, you know, like me's from like 12 months ago. And I'm like, dude, what is like, this is whack, bro. And then, and then I I was pretty good at my job. Right. So I, I was an LAV crewman. Um, uh, it's one of the, it's an infantry MOS, um, but we specialized in mechanized infantry. So we had these really big, uh, armored vehicles with a 25 millimeter cannon and a coaxially mounted seven, six, two, uh, machine gun. Right. So basically real big bullet that was shot full automatic. That was either armor piercing or, um, or high explosive incendiary. Yeah. And we had a, like a fifth, not, it wasn't a 50 cal. We had a seven, six, two machine gun that was, that could hold like 450 rounds and just rip it you know yeah so and then we also had like in the back of each of our vehicles we had a bunch of scouts with their m4s and m27s and who were just ready to go to town if we needed to kick them out right 
so we, we were we were pretty sick like we were also really lame because we didn't we didn't do anything and we re- totally recognize that and that's a huge problem in lar is that there's a bunch of dudes who are like we had like lar hasn't been to combat since 2014 like that's when things started chilling in the middle east and since 2014 we ain't done nothing like we're just sitting here working on vehicles going to japan you know let me stop you here good what branch of the military are we talking yeah we, we haven't that's dis- we haven't discussed that at that's all. a bummer yeah so i was i was a part of the marine corps <laughs> okay right? okay um perfect and so uh one of the infantry mos's in the marine corps is lav crewman 0313 and the unit i was at was third lar battalion which was part of um, which was a base, uh, sorry, which was a unit at Marine Corps Air Ground Combat Center, 29 Palms, California, which is the biggest training installation for the Marine Corps, right? So um, that's it. Anyway, that that was a huge, pro- that is, and probably forever will be a huge problem in the LAR community is like, because, because when you become an LAV crewman, you don't know you're going to do it, right? Let me just, right. I'm, I'm going to back way the heck up. So you join the Marine Corps, right? You sit down, you talk to the recruiter, you go through the recruiting crap and you take the ASVAB. They determine you're eligible to join and then boom, you're eligible to join. You've got a good ASVAB score. Your recruiter says what you want to do, right? And then you say, I want to serve my country, bro. Like right. there's stuff that's tough to do and I want to go do it because other people won't and they can't and I'm ready to do it for them. And he's like, sweet. So infantry, you're like, yeah, infantry. Like if I got to shoot, like I don't want to kill someone, but if I got to, I will, you know, right. I'm going to do it. This was me at least, right? And me, I was like, you know what? Like, like, what's the most special ops thing you got? Like, let me go straight to whatever. Because I know Navy's got Navy SEALs and Army's got Green Berets and Rangers and blah, blah, blah. And the recruiter's like, well, and then Marine Corps, it's MARSOC. But you also can't join MARSOC until you've been in for a while. And I was like, well, that sucks. He's like, but you can join Recon, which is, which, you know, without getting too much into the history you can join recon which kind of used to be marsoc but now is still basically marsoc just a little bit different and i'm like that sounds pretty sick let's do it and he goes okay but i can't give you a recon contract because the retention rate is real low so you can still volunteer for recon after a certain training point it's just if you fail a recon training then you're still infantry and i'm like that's not that makes sense to me and you know no fault to my recruiter at all he was totally right totally totally right like that that's a good way to do it so that if you if you fail you still have a job you want cuz cuz if i had a recon contract and i failed the training then i'm i go become like an admin marine and i'm i'm working on marines payrolls or i go and become yeah. like a welder you know like an engineer right which is not what i wanted to do i wanted to kick down doors and and shoot people in the face if i had to so um and he was like yeah sweet sick yeah so like go to boot camp that was 14 months of he- of hell and just terrible and then come back for 10 days and no one recognizes me and I don't recognize myself and it was awful and then I go back to ITB which is infantry training battalion which is 3 months of hell and just sleeping in the cold and rucking and shooting and learning how to be really deadly which was honestly a lot of fun but also terrible right you know and then there's a, there's a midpoint there's a point in the middle of ITB where you volunteer for a job you want so you can either go become a machine gunner a mortarman a tow gunner um, an assaultman, or you can be a rifleman, or you can volunteer to be recon. And if you volunteer for recon, you got to go through the rifleman package, right? So that you can go. So, so once you finish that, then you can just bump straight to recon. Cause the other ones like machine gunner and tow gunner and mortarman, those are all real special. So if you finish one of those packages, then you're going straight to a weapons company for any old infantry unit. Right. So, let's, so let's tie this back to mental health. Yeah, I went on a huge tangent. No, I was I was just about to do what Kai was doing. Okay, so you've explained basically that 
you signed up for this job and they promised should, you should all... I, I should speed it up. No, you're fine. You <laughs> explained this job that they promised you, but you didn't get to end up doing, or they misled you. Yes. And yeah, we can, we can shorten with, it up like that. You yeah. struggled with mental health. Connect the two. Yeah. So like part of it is like, you think like there's a lot of young guys who want to join the military at a high school. Cause like, you know, when, when, when you're graduating high school, you're faced with like, what are you going to do with your life, man? You're going to go to college. You're going to get a degree so you can make six figures. You want to start a family. How are you going to support your family? You know, like yeah. you're, you're fa- like we're faced with these decisions, like really young and it's really annoying. So like when I was graduating high school, I was like, dude, I hate school, man. It's not like I got issues with school. I just hate being in school. Like I hate learning about stuff that I don't care about. Right. Especially after doing a year of Clark and then going back to Cedar tree. (laughs) Right. You know? And I was like, dude, this sucks. Like I hate being a student. I don't want to go back to four more years of school. So, and, and then the Marine Corps happened and I was like, dude, honestly, like I've wanted to join the military for a long time. It was just one of my other girlfriends who made me forget about the idea, but I broke up with her like about yeah. a year ago. So why don't I join the military again? And I wanted to go overseas and I wanted to get that combat experience. Cause I've always been kind of like, I don't know how to explain it. I don't, I don't love violence, but I know I can handle violence. And yeah. like, I've always been a thrill seeker and someone who can just put himself in that situation and walk away. Okay. And I know there, I know that someone needs to do that so that the people who can't handle that can live their lives. And I, I want people to live their lives. I right. want them to have their freedoms and stuff. So I was willing to jump in and do that. And then when I joined the military expecting that, and then all I get is getting yelled at for like stupid stuff that I, I can't even begin to explain to you guys. <laughs> like you have no clue, like things that just seriously don't matter. Like your boots weren't polished enough, dude, not even that. <laughs> Not even that, bro. Like, like it's 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 two in the morning, and this dude has come in to tell me my room has been dirty six times already, and he gave me another hour to clean it, and it's spotless. Right. But I'm in the desert, and the air system is dusty, so I sweep it. I wait outside my door, and he comes in, and there's dust on my counter. Yeah. And I'm Oof. like, dude, like you dick, bro. Right. But he still screams at me and says it's dirty, and I'm just like, I'm a lance corporal, and I can't tell a corporal what to do, so I'm like, I corporal yes, corporal, you're right, corporal, I am a scumbag, corporal, you know, like, it's terrible, bro, yeah. and I know that sounds kind of, like, that might sound weak in a little bit, but, you, like, like, you might, you might think it sounds weak, but you gotta remember, like, you gotta just understand there's a perspective you're missing, right, like, I thought I was gonna be in Afghanistan, like, taking contact and doing patrols and killing right. terrorists and making the world a better place, and I ended up busting rust on these old crappy vehicles that we inherited from the army that were built in Canada in the 80s, yeah. and I went to Japan twice, like, it was rough, man. And, and, and I still haven't really wrecked Like I'm still dealing with that today because not only did I not really do much, like I had opportunities to change jobs and go and join more special, um, MOSs, uh, military occupations. But instead, like I got out because it was best for my family setting, you know, but I, I still haven't, I, I kind of hate myself for getting out because like, I don't know how I'm ever going to look forward to someone that I'm going to be if I'm not in something like that, you know? And so that, so there's a huge, there's a huge image problem that comes along with that. Yeah. Um, and just learn how to deal with that stuff. I've been reading a lot of books and listening to like podcasts of other veterans and stuff, but it, it's a battle, man. So th- like the mental, like I went on way too big of a tangent. I'm super <laughs> no, 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 sorry, no, 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 but no. the yeah. mental health conversation for the military is complicated, especially let's, today. Let's build on it. There's yeah. a question from one of our fans that is what advice do you have for anyone that wants to join a branch of the military. And I want to 
put that question on the back burner for you. Okay. I want to ask, who do you blame for that? Do you blame the recruiter? Do you bl- for misleading you and just trying to get you in, or do you blame <clears throat> yourself for not knowing enough? Like, who is at fault for leading you down this path that wasn't gonna be what you thought it would be? Yeah, man. It. I don't really blame anybody in particular because, like, look. Everyone thought Trump was not going to be a good president, right? Everyone thought his foreign policy was going to be buns. And, like, we were going to war with nine different countries and it was going to be abysmal, right? And, like, it's not like I expected that from him or anything. But he he just became president in my senior year of high school. So, like, there was kind of that vibe going through a lot of people. Like, oh, like, it could go down, right? You know, because Trump is this weird guy who used to be a TV guy and he's on Twitter being all weird and, like, what could happen, right? Like, there was a huge meme that tweets were going to start World War Three or whatever when I was in high school, right? So, so like, it was – everyone <laughs> thought he was going to be terrible, and it he ended up being all right. Like, actually pretty good near the end of his presidency, too, as far as foreign policy went. So, like, I don't really blame anybody. And, like, I, I, I have friends who joined the Marine Corps with me, and I went through infantry training battalion with them, and they went to the Middle East, and they got to do some cool stuff, and that's great. Uh, you know, like, good yeah. for them. They just so uh, what I was getting to in that long tangent was that long story short, I I got randomly selected to join this really small, stupid community of people who have these mechanized vehicles who don't go to combat anymore because we don't need mechanized vehicles anymore right now. So looking back, would you how how and if would you do it differently? Dude, I don't even know, man. That's that that gets into some that gets into some iffy stuff. Like some real iffy stuff, man. I'm not sure. Maybe join the Navy and go straight for SEALs. I don't know. So it so so if are you trying to tie that into the what would I say to someone? Yeah. Yeah, so so tying one. it in, man. If you wanna like if you wanna join the military, do it. Like like less than one percent less than a half percent, I think, of the population is even qualified to join the military. Cause like there's a massive screen yeah. It's crazy. It's true, bro. Yeah, there, the there is a, didn't see it, but I threw my head back in confusion. Like that is a <laughs> there. There is a there stat. is a huge, huge screening process that goes in. You need to be like physically, basically nothing wrong with you. You need to have no law issues. You need to have no drug usage. And obviously, people lie about that all the time. Like if you've smoked weed a couple times, like or even a lot of times, like as long as you come in clean and just say, "Oh yeah, I've never smoked weed," you're like you're probably fine, right? But like you can't have a history of mental illness, you can't have these physical issues. So, like even just to say like yes, we'll take you is tough. So if you want to join the military, I'd say go for it, right? Because like up to the day that you sign the contract and get shipped out somewhere, you can turn around and walk out the door at any time. And if you're like, there's a lot of reasons to join the military, and almost none of them are for what I did. Cause like I, I tell people all the time, like I would do this job for free. It, it's cool that I get paid to do it, but a lot of people do it because it's a job and they get paid and they get somewhere to sleep and they get housing and people yeah. look out for them. There's a chow hall for them to feed them and stuff. But like, right. like I did this job because it's something I wanted to do. I didn't have to do this. Like it, it, if, if, if it was completely volunteer and you didn't get paid, I'd be there doing it. There's like guys all the time who are like, oh man, if I won the lottery, like I just buy out my contract, which is something you can do. Like you can literally, you can literally go and pay a certain amount of money. It's a lot of money, but you can pay a giant amount of money and then just get out like that. Like nothing ever happened. Then even if I won the lottery and became like a billionaire, I I wouldn't do that. I'd still stay in because it was something I was really passionate about. Right. So if you want to join the military, do it. There's great benefits. It's a great experience. I would say do it. You just have to manage your expectations and make sure you know what's going on. And, you know, like 
like the, I'm, I'm bouncing back and forth everywhere. But so going back to the mental health part of it, like I just got out and seeing everything that's happening in Afghanistan right now is like super tough, yeah. like super, super tough. And there's so many vets right now who are losing it. Right. You know, like there's there every once in a while, there's a thing in the vet community that's that we call it a suicide surge. Because already 22 vets a day kill themselves a day, you know, right? Because there's a lot of crap that they go through that just makes that stat way too high. Like it, yeah. it's 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 super sad, but like people who who spent all that time in Afghanistan and Iraq and saw all this stuff, like they're, they 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 held their buddy as he was bleeding out of his neck, and they just didn't have enough gauze to keep it from bleeding. Right. And they saw the look in his eyes that was like, "Please keep me alive so I can go back and see my wife and my kid." And they watched him die. And then fast forward eight years, and they see stuff happen right now. They're like, "What was the point? Like, what was what was the point of him dying?" So like, right. there's a huge issue in in, in the vet community right now because all this and it, it, it's tough, man. So like like you know, mental health thing sucks. <laughs> I'm working on it. Mm-hmm. If you want to join the military thing, like I'd say do it, just manage expectations. You know, like that's one thing. That's definitely one thing I could have done better is, is been realistic about what's happening. And that's something I did halfway through my contract. And that's something I did with my junior Marines too. Once I got some responsibility and became yeah. in charge, I was like, Hey guys, like I went through the same thing you did every time. Like someone accidentally shot their gun in Afghanistan, I was excited, but like, it's probably not going to happen. So I'm just going to let you guys know our job is to make people in charge of us happy and we're looking out for each other. And that was good. And they're doing great. Like my Marines are like, they're, they message me all the time. They're like, Oh my gosh, man. Like I accomplished this. And I'm like, dude, hell yeah. yeah. Like that. We trained that. That's sick. Like right. great job. Like I'm super proud of you and stuff. And so they're doing good. Um, but I'd say if you're joining man, like just know what you want out of the military and take a really realistic approach. If you think you can get that out of it. If it's free college, I'd say do it. I'm getting paid to go to college right now. Like send it. Like get get a lame job where you don't do much and do do it. Like that's totally cool. You know. So, I didn't do it for the benefits, but that is one of them. Right, definitely. <laughs> um you talked about how you wanted to Okay, so you talked about all of these things about how the Marines are so great. Did I? <laughs> my well my question is why did you get out but you previously hinted at it, it was the best thing for your family yeah so that's talk, talk about that that that's a deep one man so okay before i was married i remember i was on duty duty is where you wear a really nice uniform and you walk around the barracks for 24 hours making sure no one's killing people or lighting things on fire right right i was on duty i was a lance corporal and I remember like two weeks before that a MARSOC recruiter got in contact with me. So special ops recruiters, I don't know how it works for the other branches, but MARSOC is Marine Corps uh, special operations command. So that's basically each branch has their special operations um, unit. So for air force, it's PJs. We went through, through this already for uh, Marines. It's, it's the Mar- it's MARSOC, right? So a MARSOC recruiter reached out and he was like, Hey, uh, you qualify, you know, you don't have any issues. You got a good physical fitness test, a good combat fitness test. Like you could join. Here's all the benefits. Here's what you got to do. Let me know if you're into it. And I was like, dude, like that's what I sat down in the chair of the recruiter to do, bro. Like that's what I wanted. Like I want to do that real bad. And it became a huge, huge thing with my wife and I, girlfriend at the time, fiance at the time. Like it was a big thing. Cause she's like, man, like 
I know you want to do this stuff. I know you're passionate about it, but I didn't, I, I didn't get engaged to a guy and I don't want to marry a guy who I'm never going to see, Yeah, you know, which is like super valid. And, and then you deal with the whole, like, like them potentially feeling like you want to be away from them kind of thing. And it's just not that simple. It's like, no, I don't want to be away from you, but there's stuff I'm, I care about and I'm passionate about. Right. And obviously I'm passionate about you, but I don't want to do that. It, it, it's just, it was a real complicated thing, you know? So like I made a promise because I was, I was essentially faced with a decision. It was like, am I going to keep, am I going to keep dating my fiance and marry my fiance and be married and have this life that I wanted with her? Or am I going to say, yeah, I want to join special ops instead and then go and do my recon Ricky thing, you know? Yeah. And that like, I wish I could say it wasn't tough. It was, you know, like, cause, cause that's something I want. I still want that man. Like, yeah. and I hope no, I hope, I hope no one's mad at me for saying that. I love my wife. I love being married to my wife. I love what I'm doing, but I, there's also, there's so much that I left behind that I don't know how I'm ever going to let go of. Right. And I'm always going to want that and always know if I ever could. And so, so I, long story short, I got out there Marine Corps because it made sense because we we threw the idea of reenlisting around and changing jobs and stuff. And we almost did at one point, actually a couple of times. And that was, you know, that, that was kind of cool to almost do that. But, you know, with the business we're starting and stuff and everything we got going on. And then, you know, my in-laws having a baby and, and our family is not getting younger, that kind of thing. It just made sense to come right. back home and live here. So, yeah. um, is it possible for you to paint the other side of the coin for us? So you've talked about, the sacrifice that you made is there something that your wife had to sacrifice because something that she's super passionate about that was as much of a deal breaker or just changed the path of life the way that you had to yes and no you know like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna sit here and be like oh like she was totally cool just sitting at the house while i'm gone for nine months shooting right. people and maybe dying like i'm not i'm not that i'm not that jerk <laughs> you know they <laughs> There's, there's relationships like that in the military and if they work, they work and that's great. But that's, that just was never us, you know? Um, she would have had to sacrifice quite a bit more if we went down the road that I thought I wanted. Um, but yeah, you know, she, she sacrificed two deployments, you know, one married, one not married, still two deployments. She sacrificed dating me, trying to figure out if she wanted to marry me over a year and a half, you know, because we dated for let's see july we dated for two about two years um but we were only together for probably seven or eight months of those two years and that's generous too it's a generous estimate because of all the time i was gone and stuff before we got married so like she's like i'm sure that's not what like she (laughs) she there's a story she tells of this guy she turned down because he was joining the marine corps and then like three months later she started dating me like it's it's pretty it's pretty funny maybe not three months but like like down the road she started dating me and like you know there's a lot that like there's a lot that wives give up like one of one of the i think i just unplugged my thing i did one of the unsung heroes um of of the marine is is his family support system so um michaela's definitely been through a lot a lot of marine wives go through a lot so if you're if you're married to if you want to marry a marine maybe think about it <laughs> if, he, <laughs> if he's a good dude that's great but a lot i know like i've known 
<laughs> I've known a lot of scummy, yeah. scummy Marines who've done some bad stuff, dude. <laughs> like, yeah, I believe it. I have, I have plenty of stories of terrible, which you'll get that anywhere you go, but it, it seems to be accentuated in the military married community. Mm. The stats, dude, the stats of active duty enlisted Marines who get divorced, is it's like 70%. It's, oh, I believe that. It's Jeez. crazy. It's wow. crazy. It's Dang. almost like law enforcement wives. I mean, pretty normal, much yeah normal divorce very rate is 50 so is it really? yeah is it well, well, no, that, well, okay. it's, so it's, it's going down because nobody's getting married no, that, that makes true. sense <laughs> that makes not yeah yeah it's either her parents or your parents so um i do not know what you mean by that <laughs> any that happens a lot <laughs> <laughs> any other thoughts on military or marines there's a lot more to say i could talk about the marine corps for years bro. i believe it i'm ready to tie a bow on it if you guys are we could totally tie a bow. Okay, I'm my co-host that. here. Definitely. Uh, I want, do you have a good Japan story from the first trip you went? Uh, what kind of story? Anything. Fun and lighthearted. <laughs> yeah, funny stories. <laughs> funny <laughs> stories. <laughs> yeah, I got... How about one from the workup? Like, from sure. preparing to deploy the first time, okay. right? Okay. So I'm this junior Marine, right? Little Lance Corporal McIntosh is sitting in the driver's <laughs> hole of this LAV, right? And so uh, the way that the crew works for a vehicle for an LAV is you got the driver, you got the gunner, and you've got the vehicle commander. And so I was decent, like pretty good. Like I, I was a pretty good Marine. And the our vehicle commander ended up being the platoon sergeant, who's basically the highest up, like second in command of the highest of the platoon you could go. His name was Gunny Tuvai. He was this tall like he wasn't thick but he was tall bro he was like six four tongan right dark skin tongan like pacific islander bro Uh, like he had this giant tribal sleeve tattoo that he had to get waved to come in and he he, his voice was like a grizzly bear bro gunny tuvai his first name was like apolosi or something he was he was great but i was his driver right Mm -hmm. i'm like 19 years old and i'm like this giant dude who's definitely killed at least five people with his bare hands is like in charge of me, you know? And so he had a soft side, which I got to see because we spent a lot of time together. But yeah, so so anyway, we, we were out in the field training. A lot of what we did was kind of sitting and doing recon where you just kind of look left and right and making sure like, oh, there's no bad guys or whatever, right? And so we, we were just kind of sitting there not doing a whole lot. And I have this fan in front of me, right? Because I'm in the driver's hole, which is in front of the turret, which is where the gunner and the vehicle commander sit. And so it was hot. It was a summer in 29 Palms. It was 100, like 120 degrees. So I had this fan going. But also, we were out there for like two weeks, and we were eating nothing but MREs, right? And so like I am gassy. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm constipated, but I'm also gassy. So like I am just farting, bro. And so, so the gunner sits down in the turret, like inside the vehicle and looks through the optics and uses the hand control and stuff. But the vehicle commander stands up. So his feet are on the seat and like, he's, he's pretty, he's like away from the gunner, but like the gunner's head and the vehicle commander's butt are probably like three or four feet away. And so I'm just like farting up a storm. Right. And so our gunner, his name was Gasha. Yeah. I think he's still in, he's at second LER on the East coast now. Um, (laughs) Uh, he, he's this dude, he's this dude from Florida with a really high voice. Who's like, he's, he, he, he says this, he sounds really gay. He's not, but he recognizes he sounds really gay. Right. So, um, like I'm farting and then we have this intercom system and he's like, he's like, man, Gunny, you're really farting over here, aren't you? And Gunny too, but like, huh? what, what do you mean? He's like, Gunny, I can smell it. You're farting. And he's like, 
man, no, I'm not. And like, I could have just not said nothing, but I flicked on the intercom and I'm like, yeah, guys, that was me. And Gunny, <laughs> and Gunny, Gunny Tuvai's like, so you sitting up there in the driver's hole with the only fan in the vehicle and you farting and blowing that shit back in our faces. And I like, I paused for a second and I like clicked the thing, but yeah, clicked it off. <laughs> and then like silence and Gunny's like, Gunny's like, nice man. <laughs> and that was it, bro. Like. That was just one of like, dude. The times I had with Gasha and Gunny T, those were those were times, man. Dang. Um, I want to go into a, like a little segment type thing that I want JB and Kai to jump in on here. You've been a super fan of our show for a long time. We're gonna just throw some topics at you, and I want you to give a short and concise, if needed, so you can expand if you need. Uh idea or conversation on the topics so i'm going to start with cedar tree you've heard kai talk about cedar tree you've heard probably heard my opinions on (laughs) private school and cedar tree i'm not sure that i have actually that's okay Um, (laughs) talk about your experience at cedar tree um and then we're just going to popcorn ideas we could even move to philida next okay yeah um Mm. from my perspective it was as good as it could get my class was great, great teachers. I loved everything we had going on. I have no complaints. The only issue I had was a couple of teachers, but I love John, Amanda, Kai, AJ, Sarah, Alyssa. I'm missing one. Oh no, Emma. There we go. I, I lo- love all those guys. Like it was great. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, Felida next. So you've heard our spiritual series, I assume. Yes. Very. I was very closely listening to that. Yeah. Um. Well. Okay, overall impression and what are your thoughts of the series as a whole? Yeah. And then dive into Philida. Ooh, this yeah. is the first live yeah. like reaction. Because I really I really want to know if somebody you listen to every single one of the Every episodes. single one. Yeah. I wanna know. Yeah. I I as a whole, right? As the entire sandwich, like bread, meat, <laughs> condiments, lettuce, onions, bread, yeah. whatever. Yeah. I loved it. I thought it was great. There were a couple like unique individual pieces that I was a little like turning my head at. So like I, I questioned the skeleton a little bit. All in all, it was still really good. So like the only the only main issue I had was actually the glossary. Okay. Because it felt useless. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. not to be mean, not to be mean. Yeah. But I was That's like, fair. I'm like, like but, you, yeah. like it, it, it turned into less of like, hey, like here's what this means, you know? Because like me, when I don't when I hear something, I don't know. Like I hit pause and I Google something, you know? Right. Right. And so, if, but if you felt... also have the background of Philida, well, yeah. So, like the glossary, well, it, it wasn't it wasn't the Philida stuff. You at just all. Didn't the concept in general. It, it was it was it was it was one. It was that it wasn't as much to find like actual defining like glossaries do. It was more like it was more like let's talk about the Trinity and then spend fifteen minutes really badly explaining it. Right. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, and like no. <laughs> Every time we came to a theological concept, it was like, let's have them talk about it and then turn to me. And then Kai just say, dunk on you guys and say, both of you are wrong. I'm also wrong, but I'm less wrong than you. Like, that's what it, that's what it felt like. And that, that was honestly the only thing issue I had, like, like the whole, like one person, they're the only person they talk. And then you do a whole another episode of you guys interviewing them. Phenomenal. Like, I thought that was great. So the only issue I had, honestly, was the glossary. And we kind of knew that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're like after we recorded it, we're all like, 
Well, that didn't really go that bad. Well. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's just, it's just a tough yeah. thing to record, you know Can what I, I mean? Can I just say like, the real reason we needed that episode? It's so Noah could write his story. He spent... Really? Okay, not is that, entirely. Is that right? No, not, not entirely. entirely. It seriously is and was beneficial for those that have no idea, like, yeah. what the church is. Because we, yeah, want, we, we wanted it to be from, like, though. a complete non-Christian, mm-hmm. like, somebody that literally has never heard or been to church or right. learned anything about God. Right. At That's least true. they could have a little bit of insight yep. on yeah. what we're talking about. I love, I like, I, and I love the motivation right. behind the glossary. It's just, I think the execution was oh, not oh, like, awful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like for, for the, uh, uh, like for the Trinity, just be like, Oh yeah. You know, like Jesus, the Holy spirit and the father, those right. make up the Godhead. Right. Leave it there. Yeah. <laughs> Instead I, of yeah. like, try and just, just Partialism. go on for years. Modalism. Like, so, no, like, yeah, we did. Yeah, there's a lot of things I think we could have done. That so, Philida, yeah. chip in on Philida. Mm-hmm. Talk Dude, about it. Okay. So, Philida in general. I got to love hate with Philida because I won't go from a personal perspective necessarily, but from an overall perspective, I think there are some things they do, just like any church man, there's some things they do really well and some things they really, really don't do really well. And the areas that they don't do really well in, I think they know they don't, but they don't care and they want to stay that way, which is really frustrating. I remember part of JB's episode where we had that thing because JB, like that was a good season. For yeah, us, you did. You really made it into JB's episode. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure yeah. that's a whole segment later, dude. That's like a whole episode <laughs> in itself. No, yeah. no, but, seriously, talk about like, it. Go for it. Well, I won't talk about just me and JB yet, okay. but no. So like the whole flight of thing, like like JB and I were fired. Like like I always had things to say and because because i was also going to crossroads a lot and doing worship there and i was getting so much training and so much perspective from them and they're top of the line bro and so like i would come back and be like it's not that complicated like we could totally do this here and some of the people who were in charge and some of the people who like ran the board and stuff were just like yeah we don't really like it and luckily my mom was one of she wasn't a pastor in air quotes because at that church, women aren't allowed to be pastors in air quotes. Right. And that's a whole other topic. I sort of agree, sort of don't, doesn't matter. Long story short, she was the worship director. So she was allowed to kind of let me bring a little bit of this class in there. Yeah. But a lot of people didn't like it. A lot of people. But it was right. a blast. It was great. Like, but great people hated it. Yeah. And which was a bummer. So like Philida, like they do a lot of things really well. I think they bank off of like a few things a year to keep them going, which they totally do. Like Operation Christmas Child, like VBS. That's pretty much it because OCC is in winter <laughs> and VBS is in summer. Right. And I don't know what else they have to really keep them going. They have the same families that go there. And like, n- yeah. like it, obviously yeah. I know you guys got a lot of flight of people listening. So like not to dunk on you guys at all. I love you guys. I know you guys are doing great stuff. I know you're making a huge impact. You have one of the best preachers in the County. First of all, Scott's phenomenal. Thanks. But, yeah. um, I just, I have, I had my own gripings, which for the season I was in and for what my specialty was, it just didn't work out. And that's why I went to crossroads a lot. Yeah. Flight is cool, but I just I wouldn't go there personally. And I don't think it I don't think it has a lot to offer for young people. Alright. That's Gavin's <laughs> opinion. Do we have any other can we popcorn some more topics that you guys can think of? Things that we've talked about on the show, Gavin's probably heard a million times. Different perspectives. Can we talk about the Caleb uh subscriber episode about streaming and you guys not knowing the name of Cyberpunk? 
<laughs> Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I knew. Yeah. I think I even mentioned that it was cyberpunk, and but he wasn't feeling confident. And I said, "Yeah, no, yeah." I so said, you said, "You said was it cyberpunk?" And Kai said, "No, everyone loved that game." Yeah. And I was in my car like, "Ah!" Yeah. Like, no, they didn't, bro. Yeah. They really it. didn't. I knew it. I feel like there are times, like certain situations like that, will come up, and we're like, "Gavin is screaming right now." <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. I went so, home that night, looked it up, and felt so ashamed. The of thing, it. yeah. So just if. If you listen to that episode, I'm going to explain it to you. If you didn't, just bear with me. <laughs> Cyberpunk, long-awaited game. Keanu Reeves was in it. CD Projekt Red made it. They make really great games like The Witcher. It was like they're really highly anticipated. Uh, they used to make really great games. No, they did. Okay, wait, wait, wait. So so they did, right? But he, here's the story. The fans were literally getting so tired. They're like, please, can you just release this game? Right. And CD Projekt Red was like, you know what? Here it is. They just uploaded it like that night. Yeah. And it was so buggy. And then... It, the, like the fans were like this game is so buggy and bad why is it so bad and cd project red is like because you wanted it early yeah. you know it reminds me of that scene from like one of that spongebob episode where like that that anchovy is driving in his car and he's got his kid in the backyard and the kid's holding the pistachio ice cream cone crying and he's like i don't like pistachio ice cream and the dad's like then why did you order it yeah. <laughs> and then spongebob and patrick do something and it knocks his ice cream cone out of his hand and the kid starts crying more and the dad's like why are you sad you know yeah. so like that's kind of the situation with cyberpunk cyberpunk is a really good game it just wasn't ready, but the fans wanted it, and I think the developers made a bad decision about releasing it early, but you gotta do what you gotta do, it is what it is. Let me tell y'all about Ma Energy. If you haven't jumped onto the superfuel train, there's no better place to start than Ma Energy. It's specifically formulated to give gamers an edge over the competition. Their energy and focus blend gives you a sugar-free, no-crash energy boost, sharpening your perception and accelerating your reactions. I just spent $100 on this stuff because its pricing is so good and comparable to most energy fuel for gamers. There's so much energy that one small package is worth $150 of Red Bull, but it's better for you and more effective. The rewards program is easy to use, getting points for following on socials, but also for each dollar you spend. With it, you can get discounts on flavors or even a free shaker for your drinking ease. They also sell blue light glasses if you want to take better care of your gaming habits. For it to work, you need to click on the link in our description so you can use discount code MA10 and get 10% off at checkout. If you want to get 10% off, be sure to click on the link in our description and use discount code MA10. Okay, so Gavin, I want you to kind of tie in your end of the story as far as our season that you mentioned, um, as well as hit Kai's topic of caught. And Noah, you had something to add to that. What was... No, I just wanted you guys to go okay. for, go for that. So yeah, go for that and we'll kind of build off of that. Okay, yeah. So that was like, that was a pretty foundational time in my life. Um, I remember... You've talked about a heart change a lot, right, Kai? Yeah. Yeah. So I was... Yeah, I can do that. I was... I was at this heart change workshop. It was, let me think. It was like November of 2014, 2015, something like that. It was around that time. And there was this dude there who was, should I just walk right into that? I'm going to tell it from my perspective. I was at this workshop, staffing it, whatever. Being the computer guy it was cool. Heart changes four days. At the end of the third day, I got asked like like late at night. I was in the office like typing away, doing some stuff, and someone was like, "Hey, do you want to come and like 
help us pray for this guy. And I was like, yeah, sure. So like I walked in there and it was weird when I walked in this room, right? Like there was this one dude who I like one participant who had been having these issues. And I was like, what is going on, man? And like, there was people, it almost looks strategic. Like looking back at it now with a military perspective, like it, there was, it was, it was weird. Like there was like strategic placement of individuals around him yeah. in a certain way that it was odd. And long, st- without getting into like the drama or like the really long story of it, this dude was like demon possessed and he had been dealing with issues like this whole workshop. And so we prayed for like hours and stuff and worked through some stuff to like get this demon out of him. We got it out of him and whatnot. And that was like a weird night for me because I had never seen the spiritual world like so strongly clash with the physical world. And it kind of rocked me a little bit because I was so unsure of a- anything at that point. I was yeah. like, what the heck? Like I saw a demon use this guy's face to talk to me, man. Like how right. am I, how am I supposed to sleep tonight? You know? <laughs> and so that was definitely a big faith check because like, I didn't sleep a lot that night. The next day, like I went through a lot of stuff with some people and like, I'd learned a lot of really great stuff. Um, and God, God spoke to me in a really cool, unique way. Like something that someone told me like six months ago before that someone said the exact same phrase. And as soon as they said it, like my mind connected and I remembered that moment and how weird and abstract it felt six months ago. And I was like, dude, God planted that there for this moment. So he could remind me that he's always there, you know, like this super cool thing that was like awesome. Um, but yeah, so like I had been open to this to this spiritual side of things that I was just not sure of and like it led me on this path where I was doing a lot of deep dive studies and just like really trying to figure out what any of this meant. And then out of nowhere JB was like, "Hey, uh there's this conference thing going on. Do you want to go to it with me and some of my friends?" And I was like, "I I yeah, church is good. So that was pretty much where that ended. <laughs> and I got in the truck with him and, you know, he picked up his friends and we went to this thing and this worship was banging, bro. Uh, caught Church of Truth. It's this Russian church like off of Andreessen or something. Mm-hmm. Um, it's this super young church with like a lot of Russian immigrants. So like a lot of people don't know the Portland area is like a huge hotspot for people from Russia immigrating over um, because of the port and stuff. And there's a lot of really strong Russian heritage in like the whole West coast, like at least the Northern West coast area. Um, and they all kind of bunch up in church together. So, you know, church of truth is a very heavily Russian church, but they like, you know, everyone's welcome and stuff. And the worship is like top notch and they're really good with like modern technology. And they have Nathan Morris there all the time. Who's just like a crazy pastor who doesn't care if we say his name in the podcast. I I wasn't ready. (laughs) I'm just making sure. sure. I'm just making sure. Anyway. Yeah. So, so like that. And so, and so that really opened me up to like, like I, I like my first, like when you were like, Hey, let's go. And I went like, people are like speaking in tongues and like people are getting slain in the spirit. And I was like, what is what? That's awesome. Like what's going like, I had no idea what I was seeing. I'm like, this could be incorrect, but wow, you know, <laughs> so like cool, that that's cool. And so that, you know, just piqued my interest more. And so that led me on like this really, really long path of just trying to figure out what all this stuff was and what's right and what's wrong. And I learned that there are so many churches and so many denominations and so many people who believe certain things that may or may not be correct. And I was just so, I don't know. That was, so that was, I, I went through a lot of that in the middle of Philida, um, which could have been a really good place to go through that and also could not have been a really good place to go through that, you know. It was kind of our growth time frame, though. Like, that's yeah. – I feel like that's what began our, like, we're almost spiritually outgrowing this place 
we need to find where we can get filled up. And yeah, we that's did totally that. True. Like, yeah, yeah. Then that's that's I totally forgot that was totally true because we would go to Philida in the mornings. We'd go to right. Zone on Wednesdays, mm-hmm. and we were in the same tag group at one point, And then right. they just got rid of it, which yeah. I had never been at. Like. Yeah. I've been to tag twice and it was gone. You right, know? right. And so, so, so you and I, we like we served. I was on worship pretty much all the time. We were at zone all the time, and then our time to fill up was Sunday nights at Cot. Right, right. Yeah. So I forgot about that dynamic. Yeah. Or Wednesday night crossroads. Like we right. were going to a lot right. of stuff together. Yeah, crossroads. Yeah, crossroads definitely came mm-hmm. like a little like way after Cot right. and stuff. Right. There was like Tad Moore wrapped up with me and everything. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> but yeah. So so, that was that was just a really like those were good those were good times you know like nothing was perfect but it was all great you know (laughs) i don't know how to explain it and that that of course led to to me like believing certain things and figuring stuff out and getting my own gift and then you getting your gift which we probably should address oh heck yeah yeah do you want to talk about that and why you haven't said anything um or been specific well why don't why don't we start with this the story because the story is very interesting yeah um I will. So, should, we, should we tell mine first and then bounce to yours? Because mine yes, happened before. Because you. the voicemail I got from this guy was <laughs> unreal. Oh, I dude. forgot. I forgot I called you, bro. Yes, was I was in the middle of it too. I yes. told dude. Okay, okay, okay. So, okay. So, because we were going to Church of Truth, right? And we were like, yo, speaking in tongues, like, what does that even mean? And so, like, we were reading the Bible and figuring it out and, like, watching videos and stuff. And we both wanted the gift, like, so bad. And then we both, I think both of us had to come to a place where we were like, we were like, you know what? Like, it is what it is. I'm not, like, gonna, I'm not gonna lose my mind if I don't get it. Like, it's gonna happen if it's gonna happen. And that's what it is. And we talked to people at Church of Truth about it. Yeah. Like, quite a few people. And they were so wrong because they were trying to, like, make it happen on the spot. Spot, right well some of them were but some of them were actually pretty level-headed yeah but one guy i remember one guy we talked to about probably for like an hour kind of bigger heavier set dude really chill guy um i still follow him on instagram actually but he uh he was like his understanding and belief was that like the gifts in everybody which i don't know if it's true or not it's not just just it, to yeah. throw that out there yeah <laughs> but like he i don't even remember what he said but it just kind of like it kind of put us both at peace, I think, of just mm-hmm. like, if it happens, it happens. If yeah. it doesn't, okay. And we just kind of went off, like, went on with our lives and just did our thing, you know, uh-huh. um, and kept kept just, like, looking for more and more. Um, so then, so then Gavin calls me. Go ahead. Yeah, well, so before I called you, right, so, like, we were both kind of at that place where we are just like, yeah, man, like, we, we should stop trying so hard. Because mm-hmm. I remember I really tried hard to, like, make something happen and it just wasn't i was like whatever you know and i remember so i was going to a concert with um my friend ashley and one of her friends we were going to a hillsong concert i was going to clark at the time i just got done with classes i hopped in the car and i was listening to some hillsong to get ready and i don't like for some reason it felt like in the moment there was some significance with there being a hillsong worship concert that night at the moda center um but I couldn't, you know, I couldn't really pinpoint anything one way or another. Anyway, all I know is I was playing a song that you and I worship to all the time at Cot, 
it was Open Heaven, River Wild. Oh, yes. I knew it would be that yeah. song. Yeah, so, like, you know, like, verse, chorus, verse, oh, two, yeah. chorus, and the bridge rolls around, and it's, like, mm-hmm. super... It's... I don't even know how to explain it, man. Just go <laughs> listen to the song. But, like, yeah. all I know is I start... On. I was oh, yeah, into dude, it in day. my crappy Toyota Echo, bro. And I was... And the next thing I knew, I started spitting tongues. And I was like, what is going... And, like, it wouldn't stop, man. I was like, what is going... I gotta call JB. I, like, paused the song. And, dude, this was the weird thing. Like, uh, I, I called like he didn't answer so I went to voicemail and like I would I would say a sentence and then I would speak in tongues for three <laughs> seconds and then I would continue the sentence and pause and speak in tongues for three more seconds and then try and finish my sentence and then just hang up like it was, it was hilarious because I think at the time I was um, going to Clark full time I was working in boring so like super early days crossing bridge at like 530 in the morning heading all the way up to boring and I was on my way home. I was crossing the bridge. Like, I remember where I was at on the bridge when I listened to the voicemail. And because I was heading to Clark, I'm pretty sure. Uh-huh. And Gavin's just like, dude, dude, oh, my gosh. And he's just, like, starts spitting tongues. And he's like, I can't believe it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you later. Bye. I'm just like, what the freaking. Like, I was it just was so crazy. confused, dude. Yeah. And, and then, so then we met up later and talked about it. It was and so like obviously there was a little bit of like I kind of feel bad, you know. And and so like and but, but anyway before that like it was cool to go to the concert and then be able to speak tongues while worshiping. Like yeah. I that was su- that was super sick, you know. And then of course like time passes and and you know I'm like really excited for it to happen to JB because like if it happened if it's happening to me like oh it's happening to JB like there mm-hmm. is no way God wouldn't like I just knew that he wouldn't do that. Maybe he would. I could have been wrong. But I wasn't because <laughs> do you want to tell that story? Uh, so, yeah, I'll start it and then I'll get to the point where you kind of just like took me aside. Do you remember mm-hmm. that part? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I, I think when it happened, right? Yeah. yeah. So we were at a heart change and uh, this lady wanted um, a couple of us to pray for healing for her foot or her ankle or something like that. Something like so that. she grabbed... Uh, me, Gavin, one of our buddies, and then um, another lady to pray for her. And so we went in this back room. We started praying for her. And I was like, you know what? Let's just go, like, walk. Let's just go walk. So we went out to the parking lot. We're walking around. Because feet, right? Yeah, walking. because yeah. feet, right? I don't know why, but, like, we're, let's walk, all right? When you're doing spiritual stuff, it just makes it's, sense. Yeah. So yeah. we're outside walking this parking lot. Like, we're all – there's two of them are around her walking with her, and then – me and <laughs> me and Gavin are behind. Just Hang on, Noah's losing it over there. No, Something no, about me saying no, feet, right? <laughs> Noah's literally crying right now. No, uh... I want to know why. Before I continue, why? As soon as I said feet, right, I saw I saw him just become done. He's laughing so hard, but no sounds are coming out. Are you okay, man? <laughs> he goes <laughs> Are you drunk? <laughs> he goes feet, am I right? <laughs> and in my dumbass head I'm going, Oh yeah, that makes sense. feet, yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's good, it's good. Holy crap. <clears throat> okay, so we started walking, right? <laughs> yeah, so we're walking around this parking lot, and we get, like, kind of back to the back corner of the church, and Gavin pulls me aside. He's like, dude, you have it. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, you yeah, freaking I have it. I don't, I don't even – so 
there was a season that was during that. There was a season of my life when I was, I think I was single at the time. I don't remember. I think so. Yeah. I, there was a season when I was single and I was really, really spiritually like tuned in. So like I had this place in my mind, but it also felt like a place in my heart too. Like I had this place in myself that I could kind of close my eyes and go to and I would stand there with Jesus in a pasture and there were sheep all around this pasture and stuff like we would talk and stuff would happen there. Right. And so it was not a long season. It was maybe two weeks to like a month, month and a half. Mm-hmm. But I remember that was during that season. And so I remember when we were in the parking lot walking around, I like, I kind of closed my eyes for a second, went back to that place. And I, I, like, I looked at Jesus in the pasture with all the sheep walking around and I was mm-hmm. like, God, is it time? And he was like, yeah, it's time. And like, you got to go do it. And I was like, oh, and I opened my eyes and I, and I came and talked to you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, it was wild. Cause he just looks at me. He's like, dude, you have it. I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, you freaking have tongues. I was like, no, I don't. He's like, yeah, I'm going to start praying. And like, you have, you just have to like put your faith in God and like literally just like, just do it. Like it's there. Mm-hmm. So he just starts praying and I'm kind of like praying with him. And then it like it literally just hit me. The th- so I don't remember if you I don't know if you remember this. Your eyes were closed. Mm-hmm. I like I was praying and you were praying and I stuck my hand out and I just very gently placed it on your chest. And as soon that. as I touched your chest, yeah. you started speaking in right. tongues and it was super cool. Yeah, no. And it was like it was the same because were you there when Nathan Morris when we like walked through the line with Nathan Morris? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was that same touch that I felt like this full heat like covered my body when Gavin touched me and like it was, it was just there. Like it was the weirdest thing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how to explain it at all, but like you really can't. Like and it that, was just, it was just there. That That's <laughs> like the explaining it thing is a, is a conversation in and of itself because right. like, there's a lot, like there's a lot of Christians. There's a lot of flight of people, a lot of various people listening to this right now who are like, dude, that sounds whack. Like that's right. totally not right. And, like, I'm tracking that there's very little, almost no biblical basis in that kind of thing happening. 100%. But that that gets into the whole conversation of, like, well, is Bethel wrong for, like, every single little thing that they do? Like, so it's a really complicated right. conversation, you right. know? And so, like, what I do know is that God can work through anything and that a lot of the stuff that happens is probably not real and probably pretty incorrect. But what I do know is that in that moment, what happened with JB and I was, like, super legit. Mm-hmm. And because God totally just worked through that and it was sick. Like it was really yeah. cool. But then, so the reason I remember we were talking in between little sessions, right? And apparently there was a lot of fans that were pissed because JB never talked about what the gift was or how it came about or whatever. You always referenced it a little bit, mm-hmm. but yeah. it never came out. Word. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, we, well, we had the fan question of what was JB's spiritual gift. And then right after the same person wrote in, aren't gifts to build up the body of Christ. Uh-huh. Right. And that's definitely like a jab question of it, like totally a knife, like yeah, a trap, definitely. right? Yeah. Trap card from right. Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Which is like it's a great point to talk about because like that's a big reason why I didn't talk about it in my story because it it wasn't in my spiritual my own spiritual walk. It's that was a big moment in my spiritual walk, like huge, right? <clears throat> In my story as a whole, it it didn't add to my story. Right. Like it didn't it wasn't a make or break thing. Like the events that I were talking about or the things I went through or whatever, like 
that was more of a spiritual side, like time in my life. Right. Mm -hmm. That, that shaped my spiritual walk. Yeah. Not kind of my overall story. It's like a lot of people are like, Oh, you're sharing your testimony. Like, yes. No, this is like an outline story of my entire, just like church experience as a whole, not necessarily just my testimony. Yeah. We were, we were like 17 to 20 years old at the time, but the spiritual side of us, we were like five years old and learning how the world worked. Oh yeah. So like that was just a really foundational time for that side of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Right. And you read first Corinthians 12 and first Corinthians 14 and you see, like, this is all important stuff, but your faith can't be based on that kind of thing, right? 100%. There's a lot of people who get super distracted mm-hmm. by the prophecy, the healing, right. like, the speaking in tongues, all yeah. that. And they literally base faith around it. Like, there's a lot of Pentecostal organizations who are just like, if you don't speak in tongues, you're not saved. So a lot of people will fake speaking in tongues mm-hmm. because they think they have to in order to think that they're that Jesus has saved them. And that's right. just so wrong. Right. Like or you push you, things further. Ex- Sorry. I no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. No, no, but with a valid point that they will uh, fake speaking in tongues, but believe that they're authentically speaking in tongues. Right. Which totally taints though. Cause speaking in tongues. So I actually did an entire an entire real long, like a year long uh, presentation and study on this. It was, it was my senior project. I spent literally all year doing this. And like that really detracts from the overall concept of speaking because it's a, it's really unique and really interesting, but at the same time, you can't let that distract. Right. And so right. when there's people who are like, who are let, who are, who think they need it to be saved and people who will fake it so that they can think that they're saved, but also they think that it's real. It really does detract from the overall quality of the real experience, which you know, if it's real or not, because like when, when God does something, you know, you like, you know what that is, right? right? When Satan does something, you know, if it's fake and you can see that example with uh, Moses and the Pharisees uh, near the end of Exodus when they're like trying to escape from Egypt and everything like the things that mo- like the signs that God did through Moses um, the the pharaohs and uh, magicians tried to recreate them and they could right. recreate them to a certain extent but they were never to the same like degree that God could do right so like the things that Satan tries to do the things that man tries to do will never compete with what God can do and that's like you, you can you can feel that right and so there's also a lot of people who are damaged. I, think I disagree with that. I think it. I think there's a point to where uh, Satan and, or maybe even just the world's efforts on its own, can do a really good job at imitating or at least confusing me, getting me to think, "Wow, maybe this wonderful feeling I'm feeling is from God, and I'm going to uh-huh. use this feeling to validate the event as truth." Right, and that's what I'm saying is you can imitate it all day long. But if you really like examine each thing with like in their own context, you can really okay. see the differences, you know? Okay. Yeah. Like Moses turning his staff to a snake and then the magicians turning their staffs to snakes. Moses's snake ate both their snakes. Like their snakes suck, you know? Okay. And like, like God turning the Nile into blood and then the, the Pharisees turning like a cup into blood. It's like, okay, well like, where's your river of blood, you know? Right. Yeah. Stuff like that. It's just like, okay. Yeah. Simple. So you were saying you can know through examination. I heard you can know through instinct. No, I'm not, I'm, I'm not so necessarily I, saying I instinct. I but definitely see where I understand without, incorrectly. You're good. You're totally good. Without getting too rabbit trained or rabbit trained, rabbit trailed, rabbit hole, rabbit something. Without getting too derailed. Without getting too derailed. <laughs> yes. <Perfect. laughs> next, well, next, next. Real quick, though. No. So big reason, another big reason why I didn't add it to yes, my story. Please talk about because that. 
in all honesty, I think it would take away from my story <clears throat> yeah. as a whole. Yeah. Because people are going to focus on that. And, then and there's so questions. much more to what right. your story is, right? And that kind of leads me right into the whole um, somebody calling me out for my gift mm-hmm. and that whole ordeal, right? That's, I mean, between Gavin and like a select few people were the only people that knew about it. I did not go around telling everybody. That's why that situation with that in that um, young adults class pissed me off so much. Right. Because it took away from the entire, that entire time and my time in that group because like you just called me out for something that I have not tried to publicize whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Like what's the point of that? Like well, you're not building anybody up in that. And ultimately those aren't your gifts. Sorry. Those yeah. are gifts from God. Yeah. Not, and this is a rhetorical question. When's the last time you guys spoke in tongues? Gifts come and go. Right. I'm sure you guys have new gifts or have developed new gifts, practiced new gifts that you never thought that when you were 17 or 20 or however old that you would be doing. Mm-hmm. And who's to say that you'll you'll never speak in tongues again? That may come. Mm-hmm. That may go. Who knows? Maybe mm-hmm. you'll get this right. gift of prophecy or whatever else. So. Yeah. No, fair point. Next, yeah, next. I, topic. I remember. I remember when I be when I was potty trained. It was really cool at the time. <laughs> yeah, but then it, you know, fast forward fifteen years, it turns out that I just learned how to poop in a bowl. You know. <laughs> yeah. We were all very proud of you. Yeah, um, I think I think everyone was. Next, next segment. I <clears throat> asked both Gavin and Kai yes. to come up with embarrassing stories about each other. Each other. Oh, about yeah. each if you other. if you ask me that, I don't remember. Okay, that's I can, okay. I can pull one out of my butt. But... He's going to go first, so you have time. All right. Go have, for it, Kai. Uh, I have two in that I could choose from. Go with one for time's sake, both of you. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just trying to pick from the best one. There was this, for, I mean, pretty much all of our lives, we've had people living on our house who weren't related to us. Right? Yeah. There was one family who was living there. Um, just so Gavin knows who they are. Redheads. Amazing people. We had redheads living with us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They they lived downstairs. A married couple. I know who you're talking about. One of them was a redhead. One of them. You're right. You're right. Okay, that really changes things. Sorry. All right, continue. I know where this is going, but continue. <laughs> yeah. So we're just doing whatever, going upstairs, and Gavin starts as he does bragging about his pee to the person who's living with us. Oh, yo, I forgot. <laughs> oh, and Mr. Redhead was with us upstairs. Yep, yep. He, Gavin's bragging. He's like, dude, my pee is so... Like, I'm drinking so much water, my pee just looks like water. Oh, okay. So it's incredible. Real pee. Okay. Yeah, Actual yeah. pee. Not the yeah, penis. Yeah. We, you no, know when but... you drink a lot of pee yeah. and it's really clear? <laughs> Did I say pee? Yeah. <laughs> when you drink a lot of water... When you drink that, that's that's a that's a what's the word? I'm Foreshadow sorry. to where this is going. Yeah. When you drink a lot of water, your yeah. pee is real clear, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. That, that's what yeah. I was thinking. Continue. So, I'm just gonna say his name. Like, yeah, he doesn't care. Yeah, that's Nick. fine. Uh, it was so fun. Anyways, so Gavin, <laughs> Gavin's. You can't make this stuff up. He's saying like, dude, my pee is so clear. Like, I I'd, I'd be comfortable even drinking it right now. And and Nick. Of course, wants to call Gavin on the bluff because they're both fun, competitive, right. and Nick people. did not deal with Bull, dude. He was on that instantly. He says, "Hold on!" Pulls out his wallet. He says, "I have twenty dollars right here. <laughs> if you like, here's a cup. Go to the bathroom, P 
pee into it, and if you drink every ounce of that cup, I will give you this $20. Wow. Gavin. So then I whip out little Willie <laughs> in, in the bathroom. No, in the kitchen. Oh, I didn't know that. It was, it was behind the counter. I was in the living room. But anyways, he's like, fine. And yeah, Nick must have turned around or whatever, and Gavin pulls it all out and you can hear as soon as the trickle starts gavin's like oh boy <laughs> i was like oh no this was i hadn't drank water in a while <laughs> it was so yellow oh dude it was a bad day it's like the kind you can smell oh. and, and then nick is laughing the whole time says you drink every last drop <laughs> and i give you 20 dollars." yeah and gavin's sitting there for like 30 seconds <laughs> trying to get himself to do it and the garage door opens and dad walks in. We never got to see how the story would have ended wow. because my dad enters and we all go, oh no. And I like turn around and run with a cup of pee in my hand. I remember you hiding the cup behind the coffee uh-huh. machine. And just like, and he's like, what's going on here? Nothing. You know? no, so, yeah. So, so what happened was like, I was near the other entrance of the kitchen and dad walks in and Nick and I both go crap dot JPEG. Right. And I like run out of the bathroom and, Nick is like losing it. And my dad's like, what? Cause he knows if Nick is laughing, something's yeah, up yeah. and it, like, what, what's going on? Nick's like nothing. And I like, I dump the cup out in the toilet and I come back and I walk in the kitchen with empty cup. I'm like, Oh, Hey. And my dad's like, Hey, and Nick is like losing it. It was, it was a great time. Eventually we told my dad that was a great time. I've totally forgot. We had a lot of good times. with yeah, Nick. Yeah, so we, we had a lot of people living with us. Yeah. Nick might've been my favorite. Honestly, even with his wife. I think even she, like, when she was around, she didn't make him less fun. Which not a lot of people can say, I think. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Nick was fun. Miss you, Nick. Gavin, do you have any stories of embarrassing stories? Not just any stories. Not one that's that cool, I guess, but. No worries. When we were sort of younger, I was like, from like me being in fourth grade to being in sixth or seventh grade, our family sort of pretended to travel a lot. (laughs) And by that, I mean like we would kind of travel, but also, uh, I don't know. We traveled a decent amount. Like, we went to Cancun. We went to Arizona. Went to a bunch of places. One year, we went to Arizona, but that year, we turned it into, like, a road trip version. So, we drove to this resort. We were there. I don't remember how the the chronological, like, form of this works. It was a but resort? Yeah, we were at a resort for a while. Then we were at that friend that my dad, yeah. that dad met on that Online. tech person thing that we stayed at his house for a while really big house really rich guy his name was jack he's probably dead now but and then we also went to the grand canyon yep and the grand canyon there is this this bridge right it is called the sky bridge okay what it is it is this bridge that is more than a mile above the bottom of the grand canyon below you it is made of like I, I think at least 10 sheets of bulletproof ballistic glass, but it's crystal clear. No one is allowed to walk on the bridge unless they have these little booties that they put over your shoes so yeah. it doesn't scuff the glass up so it stays clear. <laughs> Pretty simple, right? And at the end of the day, they would Windex it with little booties on and towels and stuff to make sure it stays clear. And, there, and so it was this... also a job where you clean the underside of it. Was it really? Wow. There is a job. Oh, I would like to do that. I bet that's a lot of money. Anyway, so you... <laughs> You know, you would pay for this experience to walk over this bridge for as long as you wanted until you had to turn around and go back. Most people take a step, go, yeah, no, and turn around. And then that's 20 bucks that they're not getting back, right? Right. But we had all five of us, and we, we walked out there with our little booties, and we were all like, whoa. And like, Kai and Sawyer, Rob, I think I was like, I was probably like 
13 maybe at the time you yeah. know so that means kai was like nine sawyer was like five or six or whatever so <laughs> no. what nine six were, or seven if you were Sorry. 13 i was did i say nine i'm i definitely meant 10 yeah it would have been 10 or i 11. meant 10 and sawyer is like seven or eight that's what i meant Sawyer so would have been eight or nine but yeah Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm detracting anyway. from your story. I regret that. Yeah, whatever. We were an age, and our fans are screaming right now, going, "How many years are they apart?" <laughs> yeah, we should. Yeah, real quick, real quick. So I was born. Should I give my full birthday? Why not? Okay, I was born January second, nineteen ninety eight. Kai was born in an indisclosed time in two thousand. Okay, uh, <laughs> Sawyer was born at another indisclosed time in two thousand and two. So between Kai and I. <laughs> Between Kai and I, there's two and a half years. Between Kai and Sawyer, because of the way the months work out, there's like a year and a half. Yeah. Cool. I think we remember okay, that. So yeah. Anyway, so we're Grand on Canyon. this sky bridge, like yeah. a mile above the Grand Freaking Canyon. Like, it's one of the wonders of the world. It's really tall, like, oh, wow. And I was running, like having a great time because I was a little adrenaline junkie. You know, like, I I, I don't know what, I, what was wrong with me at the time, but it was what it was. <laughs> Mom and dad, I don't really remember. Kai sort of having a tough time, I think. Uh, can go with your story. Yeah, and Sawyer, I think having a great time, but at the behest of being next to dad's leg, right? So, I don't, I truthfully don't remember if I came up with this. I'm pretty sure I did. That's how the story goes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I came up yeah. with this terrible, sadistic <clears throat> trick, like awful. And. I did it to my dad. So I was like, I was like, Hey dad. And he was like, yeah, I'm like, come over here. And he like came over and I was like, Hey, look down there. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, look, he's like, well, yeah, I've been looking. I'm like, no, look, look at the wall. Like kind of near the base a little bit. I can see this like giant green plant almost looks like a tree. And he's like, what? I'm like, yeah, do you see it? He's like, I mean, I don't, well, maybe. And like, I was behind him. Right. So he's like, he's like real. And I push him. Right. So like it, 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 I push him and he freaks the frick out I'm like, whoa, and like grabs the rail and goes <laughs> and starts laughing because it yeah. was like it was scary. Like if you don't if that doesn't sound thrilling to you, like you just have to understand when you're looking through this glass, you truly don't see anything. Right. Like you it literally looks like you're just suspended. And it's a Staying mile. It's air. the grand. If you've never been to the yeah. Grand Canyon, you don't get it. Like if you don't understand this, if it's lame, I'm sorry, but whatever. <laughs> so. I, 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 before I did it to my dad, I was like, maybe I could do this to Kai. But then I was like, nah, I remember one time when I sprayed Kai with a hose and he cried and I was like, maybe I shouldn't do that to him because like, I don't want to mess him up or whatever. And I'm like, I'm going to do it to my dad instead. So I did. And then I think I did it to my mom too. But then my dad was like, I'm going to do this to Kai. And I was like, oh no. So like dad proceeds to do it to Kai. And I'm pretty sure Kai just falls down in the fetal position and is just losing his mind and like no like i i yeah. thought it was falling you know like yeah that's where i got my fear of heights and stuff. <laughs> yeah he got it he got his fear of a lot of things from his direct family for me Jeez. it was yeah. of being wet i don't know if that was from you i don't i still don't understand that one really i don't really i would spray him with the hose and he that, would cry that's my earliest memory but i don't know where it came that's from. your you were like five sorry wow. earliest memory of, be, of being, being scared of yeah being yeah wet. okay yeah of being yeah. wet yeah, yeah maybe you just didn't like being wet i don't know I don't know. Anyway, yeah. So that was that's my story of Kai. Dang, that's good. That's some good memories. Honestly. We have a we have so no, many memories. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's I hate not. that memory. We have um, some good memories though. Oh, absolutely. Should we, we talk do. about now that's that we did embarrassing? Should we do like good memories? 
We have fan questions. Okay. Then we can get to some good memories. We're going straight to fan questions? Straight to fan questions because we're running out of time here and we <laughs> still got to talk about the business that you talked about. Yeah. Um, We've only been recording for two hours. So I am crossing out the bottom two for Kai and JB. We're just going to rapid fire. I'll start. Okay. JB will be next and then Kai. Okay. Do you ever wish one of your brothers was a sister? No, I like both my brothers, but I do wish I had a sister, but I wouldn't give one of my brothers up for that. Hmm. All right. Who's your favorite brother? I don't have one. <laughs> that was so political. They're both annoying. <laughs> you they're both annoying. They're both annoying at times. <laughs> That's funny. But they're also both unique. They're two completely different people. I can't, I can't choose a favorite. Yeah. Oh, shucks. Uh, what is it like being the first child of your parents run at parenthood? What? <laughs> they, they, what's it like being the first child that was raised by a set of people? Yeah. Okay. Uh, not great. I'm a guinea pig, and I took most of the brunt for my two younger brothers. Yeah. They got it good, in my opinion. Not to say that your experience is invalid, but <laughs> it was rough being the oldest. <laughs> Hold on, Kai. You're saying yeah. Ex- both of you explain a little bit more. Um, I know your dad's been on the podcast before and kind of talked about it, but for for those of you listening, yeah. Okay. Um, Gavin. Dad was a heavy workaholic when we were younger. I never experienced a whole lot of that, but Gavin, growing up, <clears throat> recognized and had the <clears throat> the lack of dad in his life. Mm-hmm. And I think if if I was to go back to my Psych 101 class, I think that kind of plays into what made you such a rambunctious child is that you didn't have that father figure really there Maybe, yeah. to show you what being a docile man was like yeah a big so a big part of that whole thing was that i the the time that dad kind of figured all that out i was like 15 you know yeah like i'd done some of my growing up already and at that point i was on my own you know you and sawyer kind of had enough time to sort of bank off a dad but by the time he figured out that he was not doing a great job Mm -hmm. not to poop on him or anything but you know like it, it is what it is i'm not trying to throw shade well, yeah. but well your dad so, your dad's very open about it oh yeah for sure i'm just i just i as a i, I like to right. say that so other yeah. people understand you yeah. know so so we like i remember i think it was like second or third grade man i was i was making my brother's lunches you know like i was like all right here's what we got i would have to tell my mom what we needed to buy from the store like hey like we're, we're running out of chips like after a couple of days we're not gonna have any chips we need to go to costco after school today so we can buy a box of chips and stuff yeah. you know like making sure we had enough bread i knew exactly how many slices we needed to make lunch for the week and stuff like just stuff like that you know like i and, and my, my mom too like i know my dad gets a lot of the heat mom was also a serious introvert you know so like my dad was off working all the time mom was super introverted and was stuck in her room most of the time and she would come out to yell at us and she would go back in her room, you know. So it, it was it was tough because we were loud and rowdy because we had no one telling us what to do for a right. number of years. And and mom never had her own mother figure to show her what a yeah kind nurturing mother was. So she yeah. struggled figuring out what that role was for her. Just like dad struggled figuring out what it was to be. And so like I'm exactly. not trying to throw shade at any no. of them. Like they 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 did what they had. Sorry, they did what they could with the hand they were dealt. And, like, I'm not trying to throw shade. I'm just – the way that it was, it was tough, you know? And so yeah. um, being the first of that that mix in the bag was it was tough, you know? Like, I had to do certain things, and who knows what it could have been. I don't really care what it could have been, but probably could have been something different. But it, it, it is right. – we, we made it. You know, it is what it is. Yeah, and, and uh, like, aside from fear of heights, I didn't really <laughs> get any issues from my parents until pretty recently. 
but then really dude yeah. all my all of my issues with my parents were like from 13 to like 19 bro like i dealt with my parents so much bro yeah well a lot of my struggles if i'm gonna be honest came from you because just yeah because i was kind of in that in that spot for you in a way right right and you were by no means equipped or supposed to be <laughs> i was two years older than you right <laughs> right so so the only sense of discipline you could figure out was like okay well yeah, i'm stronger than them and yeah, i'm bigger than them so i can stronger, force them to listen to me and yeah and which is not the way to do and it here's mom who's stronger than me and teaches me this is what discipline is so right now you're coming and it's like this is because i remember mom's primary discipline was flicking us on the forehead right, right? so mm-hmm. that kind of taught me like okay well i guess the way you teach people things is by making them hurt right or something but which then, worked out well for the military but <laughs> and then pushing things further is like you also didn't have like you weren't taught a sense of moral compass so you would start enforcing things that weren't like right to enforce really like what um like like simple conversations Sawyer and I would have at night you remember that snake stuffed animal yeah so oh i know exactly what you're talking about yeah. the reason i did that was because it was bedtime like we had a bedtime yeah. i'm not trying to say <laughs> i was a great dictator but yeah, i'm trying to i'm trying to say that like it was, i was trying to sleep and you were both arguing and i got tired of it so we had we had this like snake stuffed animal that yeah. i would use as a whip and like they would argue <laughs> with each other and i would just whoosh, on like either kai or sawyer to make him stop talking because i was trying to go to bed yeah well, and and it was not a great situation at all. We also we also shared a room for our entire adult like life up until I was like fourteen. Like mm-hmm. we all shared a room, which yeah, was true. Also not tough. Easy. Yeah, and most of the other stuff is really just. The, I slept on the floor most nights. Now that I remember it, the unfortunate kind of side of it, like, um, you have always been you know really musically gifted uh-huh. and very attractive. Stop. <laughs> Stop it. But, <laughs> Uh, but and and muscular too because you would work out and enjoy that uh-huh. and and none of those were really my thing and when it came to attention from females i always felt like you were visibly the success mm-hmm. of the family like you like you were the big heart change person you were the big church person you mm-hmm. were the big school person everywhere i went i felt like i was walking in your shadow i feel you and and of course why should i blame you for being such an awesome person i don't because that's awesome mm-hmm. uh i just received things negatively in my own heart for how i viewed myself mm-hmm. and thinking like okay now these mistakes i'm making throughout life are just because i'm a terrible person and not because oh, i'm buddy yeah yeah so so i grew up for a long time believing that i'm just purely evil well, that's so, a, that's a well, weird. Can tension. I hop in? Can yeah, I hop in real quick? I don't, I don't know if this. this... Is therapeutic for no, go yeah, for I think it. we need this. <laughs> <laughs> no, go so so I there was I don't remember where any of that fit in for you or anything, yeah. but I remember for me, there was a time when you specifically replaced me. Right? I don't know if you view you probably didn't view it like that, but I forget her name. But there was this girl. It might have been Erin. Don't remember. I don't remember. But I was the doorman, like I usually was. Right. And I was having, like, I had a lot of complaints from participants at Heart Change at the time. Really? Yeah. And, like, a lot. Like, more than usual. Even from dad, too. Like, I was having problems, bro. It it, it was, it was, it was the work, it was the spring break workshop right before my first summer at Tadmore. 
because I remember that workshop happened and I was like, dude, I feel like God might be pushing me out of here. And also, cause I remember like I in the heart change community, right. Cause it was relatively small and it grew a lot as yeah. you and I were growing up. For sure. And I remember at the time I was, I was like the young dude who was like the son of like Mac and Ian, who was like the huggy, like, you know, like pray happy, like whatever guy. Right. Yeah. And there was a distinct workshop where I was like, everyone all, like all the attention is all of a sudden on Kai. And like, I didn't really have a problem with the attention being on you. I was just, I was, I felt like I wasn't being recognized for anything, anything except the stuff I was being recognized for was for me doing things wrong. And I was like, bro, like what is like, and I I actually had a lot of issues. Like I wasn't mad at you, like maybe a little bit subconsciously, but I was like, what is going on right now? Like. And like, cause, cause growing up, there's always like the younger brother wants to follow the older brother along when they're doing stuff like right. riding bikes with their friends or like playing video games or whatever. I, in my opinion, that's why they invented player number two in video <laughs> games is for younger brothers. Uh, right. But so, so I was like, I was like, bro, like what is happening right now? Like, I don't know what to do with this. And that was actually a big part of me transitioning out of heart change a little bit because I didn't do heart change for like six months which was crazy because at that, like I had been doing heart change at bare minimum twice a month before that. Right. And so like, I remember like, I kind of gave that, like I didn't, I didn't give it. It wasn't like, here's my beautiful gift to you that you can take (laughs) from me. Like it was definitely just me stepping out and you stepping in. Right. Mm. And so like, I think there was definitely like a really unique thing for us there. And I know that you had your, like, I can imagine that was tough, man. Like I never meant, obviously I never meant to make any of that hard on you, you know, like, at the end of the day, it is what it is and everything. But yeah, like, like I think it all kind of worked out because heart change is still kind of your baby in a way. Uh-huh. And, you know, I, I, I went to the last little event and that was cool. You know, um, I don't know hardly anyone there, which is fine. But, you know, I think that I think that we both transitioned into where we needed to be. And and uh, I think it worked out well. Yeah. And we definitely we like we've recognized because people ask us all the time like oh how was it growing up with each other and we're both like i mean it was tough for a little bit but i mean once we hit puberty both of us it actually kind of worked out bark bark you know what i'm saying you know um i think once it once we hit puberty things worked out a lot better for you You i was still struggling a lot in my own heart because i was going through my own personal problems of course but can I jump in here? I guess. It it makes sense. Like, Kai, you've talked about so much how... I forgot you guys were here. No, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it was just kind of for a second. to keep going. <laughs> it makes sense that, you know, Kai, in your spiritual story, you talk so much about how you've been looking to your dad for, like, all of these things that had shown you, like, what a man looks like, what a husband looks like, what a, a good spiritual leader looks like. But if your dad's not around, you had just admitted that Gavin's feeling that, that that spot and gavin we just clarified that he couldn't fit that spot Mm -hmm. and he wasn't made for that spot he was made to be your brother and so this like weird tension going on where gavin doesn't know what he's doing he's just trying to you know protect his little brothers and try and make sure that they're good to go and kai's fighting this inner battle of like okay well i got my dad here but also i've got like the dad figure over here and then we move up into early life and jump to where you guys are at in the conversation now yeah mm-hmm. we can wrap it all up what i do know is that like obviously our parents had no clue what was going on and it was all pretty rough and stuff but at the end of the day like especially right now like at, at the end of it i got a fuck ton of love for you man and you it's know, it's rough but too, it, it was rough but uh but i'm appreciative of everything that 
especially our relationship now. Yeah. I feel like I'm talk. I feel like it's my dad talking to me, because my- dad used to say stuff like this to me all the time. It would actually kind of annoy me. I was like, Dad, stop! <laughs> You're being gooey. But for real, like, like I know that it sucked in the beginning and it was not ideal. And like we had a lot of areas that I'm literally, I'm literally my dad. I know we had a lot of areas where it was rough and everything, but like I love what we got going on right now. Yeah, I do too. Like it, it definitely was like really difficult. And I th- my dad doesn't say fuck ton, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I think one of the things that made it easier, if you know, being honest, was you moving out, like and going, going, you know, actually going to Tadmore. Right. Yeah. I forgot. I totally forgot about that because you, like one of the things that really solidified you stepping into a, like kind of a hole that I had made was me gone. leaving for months and you, yeah. cause summer is a hotbed for heart change workshops. And it when was. I was gone for the first summer in a while, you were there to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, one of the, like I had always been, uh, up until like, this year <laughs> the if if gavin's gonna be here soon it's always okay i need to prepare myself like prepare my heart get ready for what my heart's gonna receive that isn't the truth uh-huh like i need to prepare myself to because react. me being around you just makes you feel things that are wrong some sometimes it yeah. used to it and honestly only in the last month has it not been even when i was in the military yeah okay the, wow. the, but one of the first one of the first moments where I recognized, okay, there is like actual, so you've always been really good in crowds and uh-huh. really good at grabbing everyone's attention and showing them some really cool stories or anything like that. And I always just kind of struggle finding my place in a crowd when I'm with you or like what my role. And I don't know why, but I always just find myself going silent. Mm-hmm. But anyways, um, moving onward is at your wedding was one of the first di- times when I felt felt like, wow, this is like I've, I I knew we had an amazing relationship and it was like I finally feel that now mm-hmm. because we were taking photos. It was just you, me, mom, dad, Sawyer, and uh, dad kept doing this really annoying thing. Oh my gosh! Don't yep. get me start. I forgot about that. And bro. I'm. And me being the helpless, hopeless romantic Ugh. I am, I'm like, wedding day is all about the people getting married, right? Yeah. So you told him to stop like two or three times and he was still doing it. And I like stepped out of position and said, what did he just say I, I to remember dad? That. And I got like pissed. I remember that. And dad yeah. stopped. <laughs> yeah. Just like that. And I'm like. That might've been one of the first times we worked together real closely. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And, and it was later that night after the wedding, we were at the bowling alley and yeah and you were talking to the bridesmaids like and kai stepped in and like put dad in his place and it really meant a lot to me i'm like and that was when i recognized like gavin just complimented me in front of a bunch of people Uh like i'm used to these stories like i'm used to gavin telling the embarrassing stories of me to people Uh and i feel like now his defending of me his love for me like all this stuff i'm like ah feels so good yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, I remember the first time I had that kind of moment with you. I just thought of it. What was it? I remember the first moment I kind of felt. So, so for you, it was definitely like the in crowds thing, like me not embarrassing you in public thing. Yeah. For me, it was one of the first intimate moments we shared because, like, like I remember like being sort of in an authoritative position over you your whole life made it tough for you to connect with me and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I remember, and I, I, I had, put it. I had wow. always longed for you to talk to me about like your girlfriends and stuff and about things you'd like to do. And like, I always felt like there was this wall between us because like, 
I because of how it was, you know, and it was real tough for me because I really wanted to connect with you and I know it just didn't work out, but I remember the first time I really felt like that was real deep was my boot camp graduation. There's that picture of you, me, and Sawyer just hugging it out. Yeah. You and Sawyer are just losing it. You know, mm-hmm. you guys are crying. And I was like, I don't know. Like, there was a, there's a lot of emotions associated. Like, boot camp is really stupid, and it's <laughs> right. not cool at all. And, like, I understand for families and stuff, it's cool to see your Marine graduate, and it's good to see your family after so long, you know? Right. But whatever was going on between, like, you and Sawyer and, and then me and you guys and everything was real cool to see. And, and it was great to see you guys and to hold both of you for so long and to be like, what's up, guys? Like, I'm still the same dude. I'm wearing this stupid uniform, but I'm still here. Like, that was, like, one of the first times I felt like we really hit that place. Which was which was great, you know. Yeah, I'm getting a little choked up now. I always do when I think of. That. I'm getting choked up too. <laughs> we can move on. We can move on. But um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, when all of you all lined up, and I found you in the crowd, and before, you just yeah, I remember the story. Us, yeah, like, instantly I just started crying. I didn't say a word until like 15 seconds after that hug. <laughs> I don't know how you saw me because I was bald just like everyone else. Yeah, but... <laughs> but you were ripped, so you. <laughs> I was not ripped at all, bro. <laughs> anyway, anyway, yeah. It's that was a story. long brother segment that wasn't supposed to be that long. No, I'm glad it was that long. <laughs> <laughs> JB, you have our next question. All right. Honest thoughts about USMC babies. Marine Corps babies? Mm-hmm. Like babies had in the military? It's just it's, it's a fan question. question it's a, yeah, take it for what <laughs> okay, you think. Okay, so what I think it means is children had in the Marine Corps. I'm just going to stretch that to babies had in the entire military. If you got a good family system, have babies. It's cool. A lot of military babies go through a lot. I know a couple people who are military babies, and it's tough on them. Yeah. Um, if you mean USMC babies like private first classes and Lance Corporals, huh. uh, they're all idiots, and they need to be hazed to be trained well and do it until they're good marines and that's that i don't know well what if they mean the infantry nice that's a good uh, one thank you mm, that's a good one kai you have the last question <laughs> i do the fan there's questions. only one left one more fan question. we have a whole nother segment that yeah. we're gonna do of the rated r questions yes, yes. okay which is why you should subscribe to the College Comrades on yes. Spotify so we can hear the entire That's episode right. to get yes. all of those questions. Wow. What a guy. <laughs> we don't even have to do that. Save us like three cents. Um, out of your exes, which one was the best kisser? Uh, so, <laughs> Out of your exes. Just say a name and Kai's right. going to believe so it. So obviously my wife uh, is... No, a- I won't. <laughs> <laughs> obviously my wife is a better kisser than any of them. I kiss her every day, so well, I would know. She's not. Well, she's not I know, but I'm, I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> right, right, it's right, kind right. of a safety blanket, right? Yeah, so, yeah. anyway. <laughs> out of my exes... Uh, which ones have I kissed? There's that one. There's, is there only two? You I think should count silently, there's, honestly. There's three. Okay. <sighs> Can I say the name? Yeah. Can I say the last name? No. No. Because there are two exits. Well, I haven't. Okay. The one that wasn't from middle school. Emily. All right. If there was an Emily who wasn't from middle school. Yep. She wasn't <laughs> around for long. I'll be honest. Okay. <laughs> That's All a right. whole other story. So our last segment to wrap up this very long and awesome podcast. Yeah. <laughs> You talked about a business. You and your wife has started this business. Tell us all about it. Plug yourself. Plug your business. Tell us all your socials. Everything that we need to know. Close out the show. So, my wife has a lot of businesses as it is. She's always been an entrepreneur. Like, throughout college, she had 
a business called Pacific North Best. When she was in high school slash just starting college, she had another business that I don't even remember with her boyfriend at the time where she made clothes as well. But throughout college, she's always, she's always been an entrepreneur, right? She went to college for graphic design, um, got real familiar with Adobe that turned into doing photos and videos for people, which now is basically strictly videography. So she's got her own business, just doing weddings, uh, for people and churning out a video, like ideally within a month or two after the wedding for a certain chunk of money, you know, uh, we also have our house. We have an Airbnb in 29 Palms. Um, I'm not really sure how to plug that. That's okay. But anyway, it just... <laughs> we can put a link in the description of this episode if you want. Okay, I'll send it to you. Yeah, just okay. look there if you want to stay at our Airbnb in Joshua Tree National Park. It's very beautiful. It's actually a very affordable Airbnb. Anyway, but yeah, so we got that going on. But also we're starting... This is definitely the most expensive one. We're starting this business called Copper and Honey Coffee. So Michaela has always wanted to start a coffee business and with COVID happening and everything, it sort of made, and you know, it's gotten kind of trendy. It's sort of made sense to make that a mobile business. So what we ended up doing was we shelled out a bunch of money. Her parents, I should say loaned us a giant chunk of money to shell out to this company, which we will eventually pay back to them. Uh, we pay this company in Tennessee called arrow build in Nashville. They build merchant trailers, right? So it's this trailer that's specifically kitted out to us so that we can run an entire coffee joint in this trailer that I can go out and tow with my truck. So we got a generator, we got a bunch of propane cans and gas cans and we can run a business anywhere. You know, um, we, it's, it's exciting. It hasn't quite started yet, but we're basically set up our Instagram. I'm pretty sure is just copper and honey coffee. Um, also if you look anywhere on my Instagram, not mine, mine is pretty inactive. If you look anywhere on Michaela's many Instagrams, she's got, uh, Oregon videographer. She's got Michaela from Oregon. And then of course the business's Instagram is copper and honey coffee. Um, you'll see a bunch of stuff there. We're going to do a soft opening. We don't exactly know when, but it's going to be within the next month. Um, soft opening with family and friends where we're going to test out drinks, see how everyone likes it, see how the flow with her and I works and everything. And then we're going to do a hard opening, I believe at a place near Hubbard, Oregon. Um, but all that will be put on the Instagram and stuff. It shouldn't be too long after the soft opening and then we'll be up and running, you know, and that'll start making us decent cash hopefully. And, uh, we can eventually start hiring employees and eventually a manager. And I think we're also hiring your wife for like three or four hours to teach us the specifics, because if wow. you guys didn't know, <laughs> Noah's wife is a world-class latte foam artist, literally a finalist. I, you can say she name. won state. I don't remember if she won national or she not. She did win state. She did not win national. Yeah. She, she but placed you, like you won something. At she, she placed like third or second mm-hmm. in national. Which is still crazy. Yeah. Like, so Malia has been in the coffee game for the longest time. I've been great friends with Malia for a while, and uh, I'm excited to pay her money to teach Michaela and I <laughs> what the heck to do with our lives. Um, yeah. So right now, I'm a church listening to this episode, going, "Oh my gosh, what if we could outsource and yeah. get coffee for right? our services?" You know what? You know Where what? Church could find? really use that as Folida. Their coffee. <laughs> Their coffee game is abysmal. So if you if you are a church who is needing a church or even a private party, if you are literally anybody needing coffee services, you can DM Copper and Honey Coffee on Instagram and say, "Hey, we are this organization, and we would like you guys to service us, and we will give you our prices, which are generally not that bad." So our wedding prices, 
is basically like if your wedding has like 150 people, we're going to quote you a certain price. Yeah. And then every person after that, we're going to add like six to eight bucks per person. And then Perfect. it's it's a free drink for every person who's there, you know. Yeah. Or if you want, we can just show up for no money and you just and people can just swipe their card. So we have the ability to obviously people pay at the trailer, but you can you can buy us out beforehand if you want to save hassle and, and keep our position there. Yeah. You know, definitely. Huh. Awesome. We'll make sure to get those all in the description, all the links. I'll be sure to provide those to you. Yeah, It'll all get taken care of. Um, We're going to go to our monthly subscriber uh, content that we have for the rest of this episode. Gavin, thank you so much for coming on. Of course. Let me just say thank you for having me on. I've been listening to the show for a while, obviously. It's really cool to actually be here. It it, it was awesome experience. Glad glad I could do it. I'm glad. Well, um... We'll see you in Couple. two episodes. Yep. So a few weeks. Yeah. We'll see you again. Uh, my understanding is your wife is going to be on as a guest. She is. I Actually, I, that's my question. Can I do that in this episode? That's okay. So on the schedule, you have like her for 30 minutes and then me for 30 minutes. Right. Is there a specific reason for that? Because originally, I'm pretty sure I put both of us on one timestamp for like an hour or something. Uh. Could both we of us could, could both out. of us go at the same time for an hour instead? Yes, absolutely. Okay, that was my question. Yeah, yeah. we cool. can <laughs> even give each of you an hour each, as far as I know. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure something out. Um, Gavin, seriously, thank you for coming on. Of course, we will see you in two weeks. Sounds good. Farewell.